on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. The Book of Boba Fett remains the star. The duo will break down two new trailers, a new rumor, and update their predictions on the show's plot threads. They'll also discuss some casting for The Acolyte, which seems to have found its lead. If you like games, then they will tell you everything you need to know about Star Wars Eclipse, which was officially revealed last week at the Game Awards. Matt will then recap the Crimson Rain comic debut while also exploring some new Luke Skywalker canon. Finally, you know the drill. The show will close out with our fan segment features, question of the week responses, and this week's top five Star Wars artisanaries. Punch it, Chewie! And just like that, it's a hey now, everybody, and welcome to the Star Wars Time Show. I'm glad Bat got in there early to see our new, professionally designed and deployed countdown timer that I couldn't even take past the creation stage. I just punched in values and kept it right on the template, because that's how we <laughs> roll here. We're all about yeah. efficiency. There's no reason to, to embed it on our own website. Why not just plug in the values you need, let that thing count down, and hopefully we will start on time. And um, we didn't, but that's how we roll to Star Wars Time Show. Nick had to eat, so the man ate, and now we're doing the show, all right? As we've right. always said, if you want to tune in to the Star Wars Time Show live stream, it's usually on Tuesdays. Anywhere between, you never know, sometimes 1 to 2 to 2.30 to 2.37. But the best <laughs> way to just kind of get with the program, Nick, is to subscribe to that channel. So if you haven't subscribed yeah. yet and you're watching us right now going, oh my goodness, what can I do? Well, just look down below, click on the sub button, click on notifications, and then you can be sitting in here every Tuesday with bells on waiting for the SWTS show to begin. And you never know, maybe we'll keep up the countdown timer for those that like numbers that move. All right, so we are 15 days out from the Book of Boba Fett. So obviously plenty of Boba content to discuss. We got two uh, teasers I don't think we're going to get a, a, a normal sized trailer at this point, my friend. But we did get no. two more teasers that splashed in a few new scenes and a, and a, a few new uh, clips of dialogue. So naturally, we're going to break that shit down and try to put our spin on it and maybe add to our speculations from last week, which I'm not going to lie. When we get to uh, we got some comic stuff I want to talk today, when we get to the Crimson Rain recap, I... Uh, I'm not going to revise my predictions from last week, Nick. Okay, because I, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride or die with those. Uh, but depending on where this Crimson Rain comic goes, it, it may be raining on my speculative parade. Oh uh, no! Yeah, yeah. So Crimson Rain that that's that's on the docket for today. Issue one came out last week, and it, it kind of laid out exactly what Kira has been planning all along. But it it, it tells you. Uh, the story's being delivered via a flashback, and it essentially sets up the fact that Crimson Rain 
is more or less the story of the fall of Crimson Dawn. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, so like I said, may have to revise my speculative my speculations for the book of Boba Fett and Crimson's uh, involvement. But you never know. You you just don't know how far in the future this this uh, archivist is telling us the story of Lady Kira and Crimson Dawn. But it's like it, it Nick it ended on oh yeah by the way this is a tale of how. It's a tragedy of how uh, I'm guessing Kira dies in Crimson Rain Falls. Yeah, <laughs> it was always like a, a weird thing where we were like, OK, well, does Kira survive? Like we we yeah. assume that she died somewhere in the, you know, in the OT timeline just because like we never saw her. We never heard of her, obviously, because, you know, the character was just created a couple of years ago. But still, we were like, I wonder if she if they're actually going to have this girl make it out of the OT timeline into like Mando time or something like that. But it seems like <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like I, I, I'll, I'll talk more when we get there, but I just, I can't tell how far in the future that we are being told the story. It, it could be all the way in Ray's time. So then sure yeah. there's potential she's around, but Crimson Rain, it's kind of an oxymoron title because it's really about Crimson Fall. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, we, we've got that to talk about a new star Wars issue released last week, Nick, that actually had some viable canon to discuss. So we got nice. that, we got the, the star Wars clips or star Wars eclipse official reveal and, and shame on most of you fans who are like, wow, what's this game? You guys haven't like, what do you mean? We have, we've been talking about star Wars eclipse for months now when it was, you know, the, the first leak was quantic dreams is working on a game. Then the next leak was, Oh, it's star Wars eclipse. And then I even think we talked about the, the possibility of it being officially revealed on the game awards. So uh, yeah. that did happen. It's out there. The world has now seen what we've been discussing. Not that we knew anything about it outside of the rumors that quantic was working on a star Wars game, but we got that to talk about too. But uh, before we get there, my man, you know, we always like to shoot the shit, kind of talk about what we're getting into just in case anyone else wants to join in with the fun here. Um, but last week we kind of started this this uh, segment talking about Halo Infinite. And look at that little <laughs> rinky-dink image I just pulled up on the stream. I'm telling Dang. you, people, you are missing out <laughs> if you're not watching the live stream. I tried to get a graphic up for Halo Infinite, and I pulled up. <laughs> it looks like a 100 by 300 pixel <laughs> resolution image. So that's what you get, a big white square with a little Halo picture at the top. Hey, um, that's all we need. <laughs> but going in the last week... And I don't think Nick was listening to me, which is fine. I know most of you tune me out when I get on a rant. But I was trying to tell everyone, like, listen, the Halo Infinite campaign is coming on Wednesday. Lots of positive buzz around it. If you have Game Pass, preload that motherfucker. Because I've it's sounding like Halo has returned to form, at least the campaign. And we, we've already heard the multiplayer is, is a smash hit. But the campaign, everyone's like, oh, four or five, five out of five, ten out of ten, nine out of ten, best ever, top ten shooter of all time. I'm like, all right, all right, with the hyperbole, let's check it out. So Wednesday comes around, and as I warned all of you, the release schedule was fucking crazy. And I know even in our Discord, we had some sad sallies in there like, what the fuck? I hate three, four, blah, blah. It's like, guys, I, I told you this yesterday. You could have planned accordingly. You got to listen to the Star Wars time show, okay? We don't do this shit for fun. We do it as a public service, all right? <laughs> for your geekery True. and pop culture educations. 
Um, but yeah, it, it came out and, you know, Nick, he's like, oh shit, you mean the campaigns? I was like, yeah, buddy, where were you yesterday? So I think he finally downloaded it, but uh, you know, I grabbed it Wednesday and fired up as soon as I could after a long day of work. And I'll tell you what, friends, the, the hyperbole that all the critics were spewing last week, it is, it is well justified. Uh, Halo Infinite's campaign is a just a breath of fresh air for the franchise. And yes, I know it's nothing new for gaming in general, okay, for you negative Nancys out there. And, you know, not, this has been done before in like Far Cry, blah, blah. Okay, great. It's never been done for in a Halo, which has always been pretty much linear driven, right? In terms of your missions, you go from point A to point B. Mission done. Point A to point B, mission done. Yes, there was a little bit of exploration looking for, you know, Yorick's skull and all that fun stuff. But the map was contained. You were in a relatively small sandbox. That is not the case in Infinite. I'd say the first hour or so, you were treated to traditional Halo gameplay as you're kind of ramping up the, the story and getting to the ring world, you know, Zeta Halo. But once you're on Zato Halo, my friends, boy, oh boy, does the experience change. And as I was kind of trying to sell Nick on the idea to download a free game, I'm like, dude, it's kind of like Ghost of Tsushima on a smaller map, uh, meaning that it is open world. You don't have to just trudge through missions. You can capture uh, FOBs, you can look for these Spartan cores, you can look for uh, Mjolnir armor upgrades. Uh, there's, there's other shit I found deeper in the campaign I don't want to talk about, but it's a wide open world. And yes, you, you have the missions that are prescribed to you that you have to do, but guess what? You don't have to do them. You can walk around and upgrade your suit, upgrade abilities, you know, take over parts of the map that expose more shit to find. You can go save some UNSC Marines that are in firefights with the uh, Banished. It's just a game and the way they formulate it, Nick, that it's very hard to put down once you get going. It, it definitely has that, oh shit, it's that time of night. Okay, one more play, one more side mission. And then two hours later, you're still, okay, yeah, one, I'm going to get that Spartan core up way up there on that mountain. Then I'll go to bed. Uh, so excellent stuff. In fact, Nick, I've enjoyed it so much that I finally, a year later, and some of this wasn't, was out of my control, I finally upgraded, I am upgrading my AV receiver to be full HDMI 2.3 compatible, 120 hertz, VRR, all this shit, because I've been tired of playing my Xbox Series X, and yes, I'm getting the 120 hertz and the VRR, but because of my setup and not having a up-to-date receiver, I have not been able to enjoy advanced audio like Dolby Atmos on my Series X for almost a year. And I am an audio video file. It has pained me, but because of Halo, the way it looks, the way it sounds, and how much I'm enjoying the campaign, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I've, been, I've had my eye on this $800 Onkyo receiver. I've had a $400 Best Buy gift card burning a hole in my pocket since last <laughs> time this year when I bought my TV. And there was a 10% off coupon for, you know, a certain amount of purchases. 
So I ended up getting this receiver for $380. I think it's coming today. So if you see me run away, you know why, because there's a <laughs> expensive receiver sitting on my porch that someone's going to steal. But kind of go full, full circle back to Halo Infinite, the impetus for me finally realizing like, you know what, dude, this, this setup is not what you should be getting. You have a very nice TV, you have a modern console, but because of your receiver, you're not getting the full package. So if that doesn't tell you how much I'm enjoying Halo, I don't know what will. Because I, Nick, I have a full rewire project plan for this new receiver. Like I, I'm talking old school IT guy server room, pull out all the fucking hardware, pull out all the HDMI, all the speaker wire, everything, and fully reset it into an adult setup. Because I, I don't know about you, man, but I've got over the, I moved into this house in 2009 and I've added consoles over the years, new TVs, new equipment, and it is a complete shit show behind my entertainment center. Like no, no labeling. I don't know what cable goes where. I don't know what speaker wires coming in the what port. It's just a disaster. So I'm, I'm also going to use this as a full on all right, let's waste a day, pull out all the cables, label everyone, make sure they're the correct lengths. I mean, I, I'm sure people out there listen, you probably have cables. I have some Cat 5 cables stretched to the max with their hardware teetering on the entertainment center because of the, uh, of the tension of the cable because the cable's too fucking short and I've just been too lazy to get a new one and do the rewiring. So I'm, I'm all over the place here. Halo Infinite, good. Ankyo receivers good, rewiring bad, but worth it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have to worry about wiring too much just because I only have, like, whenever I get a new console, I disconnect the other ones. So, like, all I have plugged in is my uh, PS5 and my Series X. And then my Switch is also plugged in too. But I don't, I also don't have anything hardwired because I don't play online games on my consoles. Like, I'm not, playing Halo Infinite multiplayer. I don't play any multiplayer games on my consoles. They're strictly for single player experiences. So I don't really it doesn't really matter to me what my connection speed is as long as I download games fast enough. Um, so what what which, do you, what, what do you pull games at then on Wi-Fi on Xbox? I'm interested. Like 90 megs a second. All right. Cuz on on high cuz like dude, I'm like you. It's not like I'm playing multiplayer, but I do and this is a, it could be a generational thing again, wired's always better, that type of mentality. Uh, but on wired Xbox Series X, these days I'm getting close to 450 to 500 download and yeah. that's that's worth wiring to me. So no, I, mean, and, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me because like I start a download for a game that I'll play in a week. Like, right. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter how long it takes to download. And then all of my consoles are in rest mode anyway. So like, auto downloads all the updates so i don't even have to worry about like it updating when i'm trying to play or anything like that so i mean i don't i don't really care about i'm not running fucking wires through my ceilings and dropping them down here that's not worth it um oh yeah dude i so, don't do that shit i mean i i have them on the carpet like an asshole with like a rug that covers it i mean let, let, let's be real i'm not doing like a, a super pro remodel but i'm gonna be doing uh, for the receiver, finally going the banana plugs because I'm tired of jamming the bare wire into the, you know, the positive and negative terminals and screwing them in and making sure they don't fall out if a cable gets jerked on. 
Um, I don't know. I, there, there's a part of me I'm looking forward to this because it's anyone a project, that's it's yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm about to embark on four weeks off, and a lot of you're probably like, "Oh, you fucking lucky bastard!" That sounds awesome. It, it's not. It's not. It's not when your family doesn't get four weeks off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, my four weeks off, essentially the first two weeks is I'm going to become daddy daycare again. So that's great. I get to spend time with my kid. I'm not bitching about that, but what does Matt get to do? Matt gets to do what the fuck Charlie wants to do. Okay. So uh, I'm not really going to be, I'm not going to be gaming nonstop, sitting down here, not taking showers for 48 hours straight. Uh, so Nick is right. Finding projects like this, it, it helps to uh, get through the doldrums of having a long break when no one else is off that you want to hang out with. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, for me, like Halo Infinite, I'm definitely enjoying it. I wish that the open world was a little bit more alive. Um, because it, it feels like, I mean, the, the, the open world itself is actually relatively small, like even in comparison to like fallout or something like that. Um, I just wish that there was something that was inhabiting the world outside of just your like marked combat zones. Cause basically, I mean, and, and I don't know if it like, if, if there are things that kind of evolve into the world once you get a little bit further along, but right now, to me, it seems like, okay, well, all this open world is here for is like traversing land to get to your next fight destination, which is fine. I mean, it gives you the opportunity, like you said, to explore and, and everything like that. I just wish that there was something similar to like Fallout, uh, not Fallout, um, Far Cry or Ghosts and stuff like that, where you can like you can hunt or like there's animals out there or there are, you know, like enemies that are that have like you know that are walking the the roads or something like that that was oh there just is you just you must not have been walking around too much i mean i I run into bands of grunts, covenants, and brutes that aren't at a marked destination left and right, yeah, plus I mean, I've shot like, some I, of the fauna on on planet two, I believe, yeah, because like i i like I, yeah, I see like the little rats running around and shit like that, that's all I've seen so far, but you can't really interact with them. Um, but yeah, I haven't run into like any, any rogue enemies that are just like around the landscape that aren't like directly attached to a mission thing I've done. So I did like the first fob take, I rescued two of the squadrons. I did the one keep ransom that pops up when you immediately like get into the open world. So I've done that so far. Um, but yeah, I just wish like the world and I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's not supposed to, but the world doesn't really feel alive like far cry or uh nick, nick has really f fell into this generation of just nothing is ever good enough and i like it i mean if you're gonna if you want me to like blow you and be like this is the best game ever then uh, you, you don't have to blow ever. me you gave me a reach around <laughs> no, before, about, before we went i was live, talking about like, halo like <laughs> for halo it just like for as long as that game was in development and they did put focus on like creating an open world, I feel like they could have tweaked it a little bit to make it feel a little bit more alive. So like, that's my biggest critique of it is that it's cool so, to have the open world and have the ability to like go around and do stuff on at your own pace and not necessarily follow a linear story path. Um, but yeah, just put like some shit in there. 
Make make it a little bit. It's more there, Nick. Alive. You need to do more exploring. God damn it! I will not let you talk <laughs> shit about Halo Infinite, you motherfucker. I mean, look, Halo is going to be a game that's around for six months, and then people are going to forget about it again, like they do with every other fucking Halo. Like it's it's a cool game. I'm glad that it's still being made, but it was never like to me. It was never one of those games that I like super attached myself to. Um, because mainly I mean, what games time, do you like, though? Like, like a game like Halo, unless you're a multiplayer junkie, yeah, you're not going to play it forever. But what, I mean, outside of your Swators and RPGs, what games do you play forever? Those, right? I mean, I, I play like I've played Skyrim. Like I, I was like very tempted to pick up Skyrim again recently right. and that's an a, that's an rpg edition. i mean i don't, I don't think yeah. i don't think 343 build halo as an rpg i mean it's still a shooter that's fine I, just with an open fine. world i mean yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with that like i played far cry 3 multiple times i played um i mean i mean you know i played the last of us twice with uh new game plus the first one not the second one so i mean like there are games that like that, that pulled me in. I mean, this one, maybe it will once I get a little bit further along, but like I said, I think I mean, he's saying he doesn't like that. It. The story is presented media. I believe the term is media and pass, meaning you kind of join the story that it, that's already taking place. And then you learn about oh, it. No, I have, I don't care about that at all. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, like it's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun, straightforward shooter. Um, the the world is cool, but like that's that's what that's all I'm saying is like I wish the world was a little bit more alive. Like oh. I I enjoyed like the the hunting aspect and stuff like that of like of Far Cry a lot, which was one of the reasons why I played it again. Um, I like the um like the open world, like the the experiences you had in Ghost of Tsushima, where you're like riding along and you're like in the middle of nowhere and you still run into like bandits or. You'll still run into other things, which you said right. like, will I'm probably telling you, man, pop you up just when I get, get a little Get in a mongoose, get in a warthog, drive around. It'll happen. It'll happen. All yeah, right. I mean, so, it's, uh, it's fun. It's free. So I'm not going to complain. Recap here. Nick is wrong. I am right. Listen to me. Okay. Thank you. In six months, <laughs> nobody that, will remember. Dude, I'll be done. Play, probably once I beat the campaign, <laughs> I'll probably be done. I mean, yeah. I, I've played... Halo 1, 2, and 3 probably 5,000 times, just like you've gone back and played your games. So, yeah. it just say, hey, you know, I like Halo, you don't. It's fine. We don't, we yeah, don't always have to like I mean, everything. The only thing you have true. to agree with me on is my Star Wars opinions. That's it. Anything else? We're not going to agree on the Eclipse either. <laughs> just the heads well, up. That, that's what I mean. Like you re- I, and I know some of your points are valid, but you, you, are, you, you are sounding like this chorus of humans these days where, where nothing is ever going to be good enough Nothing is ever righteous. Everything has to have a problem with it. And I, I kind of used to be that way, but I don't know. I've, I've moved most of my ire just to uh, society in general versus like pop culture stuff. So I, I, I consider that growth. I, I just, I just, <laughs> I dislike humanity the most these days versus like pop culture entertainment things. Like I really don't get that upset about. You know, these days I'm sure there's people that are all riled up about Hasbro and the Black Series line and the T. I, whatever. I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I just don't care. All right. But on the other hand, society—that's the stuff I, I care about and hate the most. I still have a lot of hate in me. All right, people, don't give up on me. I'm still the dark side one of the crew. 
I just don't seem to give that many fucks anymore about entertainment stuff until I actually get to touch it and form it my own opinion. Um, what else we got? Succession finale, great. Although I predicted the big surprise. I won't go into the spoilers, but it just goes to show you my excellence in being able to stitch together plot points and formulate speculative guesses that pay off. So don't sleep on our book of Boba Fett shit from last week. I called the succession thing and my wife looked at me and she's like, oh, how did you know? And I said, come on, you're talking to me. I predict all sorts of useless shit that no one cares about. That is my specialty in life. That is why you married me. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, what we got? There's really nothing else. I mean, we got a big week this week. Spider-Man, I'll be going to that Thursday. Another big week of movies next week. We got uh, Kingsman prequel, Matrix something. Is it a sequel? Is it a prequel? Is it a, a mequel? Nobody knows. <laughs> but lots of good stuff. And then obviously the holidays coming up. So I got to kill my HVAC system here. Getting some uh, nasty feedback. feedback. And my pits are already starting to sweat. So I got to make sure to kill that heat. Something Nick doesn't have to worry about. So, yeah, my, my heat's set at 67, and it's running. So that, that shows you how cold it is in this it's house. Pretty, yeah, I was going to say, it's pretty but cold over there. We, there is we, one other thing that, that I wanted to call out before we get into regular stuff. And I think I mentioned this to you, Matt, in our, in our chat. Um, but I just ordered, or I just actually, I received it yesterday. I just got in a game, like a... A controller for your phone. It basically turns your phone into a Nintendo Switch. And that has like completely changed the game for me for mobile gaming. So I've what, always like Are you so playing true mobile you. games then? Or are you like emulating a PC game to it? No, it's it's mobile games that I've got from the Android store. So this is what it looks like. So it's this is the exact brand. It's the Razer Ah, razor and basically Quality. what it does is it turns your phone into a switch and you're not playing emulated games like i said last night i got it and i plugged it in my phone super easy plugs in via your charging port on your phone and then it literally like you can could like for me on my phone like i can control the whole phone with the controller not just the game like i can move around to my folders open them up open up apps and stuff like that but once you get in the game, it's it's just like it's completely a different experience. Um, so I I started playing Chrono Trigger, which I like bought through the the Android store for like five bucks, whatever it was, um, without the controller. And it was a miserable experience. I fucking hated it. I was like using the virtual like the digital controls on the screen itself. And then Terrible. The, Terrible. Like, it's awful. I was like, OK, I played it for like 10 minutes. Like I had trouble navigating even on a game like that, where it's like a isometric 2D top down thing. Like it was still a pain in the ass to move around. So I got this and I plugged it in and I played the game last night for like an hour and a half. I was like, okay, this is, this is how I wanted to play this game the whole time. And so now we now know why Nick isn't exploring Halo Zeta Halo. He's playing games from 1990 on his phone. <laughs> I mean, that uh, you got to love how, how much shit we have at our disposal these days. Yeah. I mean, I also started playing um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, too. I played that for like a half hour. What would you think? Fun. Did you put it on dummy mode like me where it literally will no. walk for you and fight for you? <laughs> no. 
No, I put it on. So I put it on normal, like normal, normal mode. So not normal classic. So it's like the full real time fighting. Just, um, dude, try. I forget what it's called. I, we call it brain dead here on the show. Just try it. And you're going to fucking laugh, dude, because you can. especially in fights you can put the controller down and it'll start fighting for you it's fantastic one of the other games that i got the one that i also started playing called tales of arise has that mode it literally (laughs) says that oh you put it on this and it'll fight for you this is for people who only want to focus on the story and i was like uh i was like okay so this game has like the the dummy mode too the movie mode (laughs) brain but um yeah, so like I started playing all those at the same time. I've definitely put more time into Halo than uh, Final Fantasy VII so far, but I am I I like both of them. Um, I think at like you know when you start getting older, you appreciate linear games a little bit more. Fuck yeah, it's like, dude! Because of time. Yeah, I mean that yeah. That's one thing with Halos. I I've I've been so infatuated with it running around. I've probably spent eight hours and only done like three missions. I'm going shit. For someone that gets yeah. maybe four to six hours a week in game time, maybe I should uh, hustle a little bit more, get a, get a bit more focused. But yeah, so that, that, was, that was my big call out was if you are like one of those people who wants to game on mobile and has struggled to adjust to the on-screen controls or anything like that, that, uh, that attachment that I got, and it was, it was on sale on Amazon, I got it for $40. Um, which is like 50% off of, of retail price. Um, but that has completely like, it now allows me to play these games on mobile that I've always wanted to get into or like replay games that are being, um, released on mobile, uh, and they're not available anywhere else. It's still $45 right now. So, um, they have ones for Android. They have ones for iPhone. You just choose whichever style you want. Hey, would that work? Um, Could you uh, do like PS5 remote play on that now then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It works with all the like, you know, it says Xbox, like on the, on the thing itself, like Game Pass Ultimate, xCloud, Stadia, GeForce Now, all the, all the different. Yeah, that's um, nice. Like streaming services and stuff like that. Because I know, uh, I know at least Xbox, you can remote play now. Uh, PS has always had that feature, and you need a really solid connection. I mean, I, I tested it out on the Xbox this week because I'm an asshole, and like I, I, I explained it poorly. But for those that know anything about audio these days, I have my Xbox Series X piping out stereo, stereo uncompressed audio, which is fucking puke. Okay. It's like it's like two channel bullshit and it's 2021. Halo Infinite is Dolby Atmos. So it's it's a it's a fucking crime what I'm doing, all right? Now you know why I went out and got this damn receiver finally that it's available. But what I tried to do to make it better, I was like, "Oh, I got these AirPod Maxes that sound fucking titties when they feel like working. Is there a way to connect them to an Xbox console?" Of course there's not because Microsoft uses its own proprietary Bluetooth communication handshake bullshit. But, you know, the internet's out there, ingenious people are out there, and I know how to tap into the ingenuity of other people. So I find this guy's like, listen, if you if you remote play the game to your phone, <laughs> you can then use your AirPods Maxes because they're connected to the phone. The phone's streaming the game and you just sit in front of your TV, keep your phone on and, and there you go. And I'll tell you what, it fucking works perfectly. And I couldn't believe how good the game looked on my 
iPhone 12. The problem yeah. is if I wasn't right next to my Wi-Fi base station or like by the main station, it turns to puke. Like just, yeah, it, it wouldn't even respond to my, my inputs it's like, but, but whatever. So, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be good for remote play. You know, when, when Nick was telling me about this offline, I'm like, damn, I really wish the fucking steam deck didn't delay. Cause that, that should have been coming out like right now. And that would have been what Nick has, but a fucking PC rig in my hands. And I could have been playing Halo right from it. So fuck you, Steam, yeah. <laughs> Valve, you lazy yeah, asses. I, um, yeah, I don't have like I. I actually have to see because I used to have an old pair of like Astro wired head uh, headphones. I wonder if I can just plug those into the controller um, for Xbox and have the sound feed through that. But yeah, like right now, I don't have like any special sound set up in my room. For do you anything. don't? Do you guys fuck with like sound bars on the main TV, or you just don't? Sound is not a big deal to you guys. And we we do we do have a sound bar, but it's like it's not like I'm not setting up like a whole bunch of sh- house for sound. It's not that big of a deal. But it like main, mainly I got it because uh, the sound on TVs now, especially in big open rooms, is very weak. And like yeah. this room is relatively small. Like this is only like a 10 by 11 room. So I'm not, you know, I'm not in a huge fucking open area where um, I lose sound quality or anything like that. So it still sounds fine. And like I said, I have those head, I have headphones too. So I can use those and just plug them in. That's what I played my, my PS4. I mostly played through my, my headphones and I never had an issue there. So, yeah, no, um, like I said, I'm, I'm a audio and video. Every T every main TV in this house has at least 5.1 surround sound. Uh, a lot of this came from when I was running entertainment Buddha and people were sending me this shit to review. So, I mean, I had a 4k TV, I had uh, one Vizio soundbar and then another Vizio Atmos soundbar. And that's what I, I'd recommend. Honestly, if I didn't already have a receiver-based setup with with individual speakers and subs, I'd the whole house would probably now be Vizio soundbars. That's uh, what we have. They sound have fantastic. The I think the Atmos one you can get for four or five hundred bucks, and it, it it hits the Atmos sound perfectly. Especially if you can angle the bar properly, and, and the top speakers fire, and you get the reflection point. But yeah, I, I've got a problem with that. I mean, the, my wife hates it. Any t- any time, anytime the TV's on, it's loud, and there's a <laughs> subwoofer, and there's some form of surround sound. But that's just how it is. Yeah, I mean that that's good chaos. Five point one works. Uh, I don't know. I just unless you have a good headset, especially in shooters these days, I think you're missing out on eighty percent of the gaming experience because of how much shit they now put in the optical space in Atmos enabled games or, or other games that support, you know, like DTSX and, and more advanced audio. Um, all right. Well, I guess we should talk some star Wars. I, I did not mean for our opening segment to, <laughs> to go. It, it's seeming like it's gone longer than it has, but that's because we started early today with a countdown timer before we actually started talking. But, uh, we're, we're definitely getting beyond the scope of the, Hey, what the fuck have you done the past week segment? <laughs> And that's that's what we're calling this segment now. Hey, what the fuck have you done? All right. Yeah, yeah. I like it. It's a good official name. Good <laughs> I official like. Name. I do like it. Uh, all right. So Boba Fett, man. Like I said, 15 days away from this live stream, 
It's getting close. Nick and I are still kicking the tires on Boba Fett week and and how we're going to handle it. Uh, I'm definitely leaning towards taking the week off. And I know, (gasps) how dare you guys take a week off, especially during the Boba Fett premiere week. But I I don't know. I mean, (laughs) it's like, I I believe. We talked about this yesterday off or not yesterday last Last tuesday the cast ended yeah if we we miss 51 yeah if we miss the week after christmas so like the the holiday week when most humans aren't doing shit if we miss it i believe that'll be the first missed week of 2021 because any other break we've had the other one has usually stepped in and did at least a a solo cast uh, so there, there's some thinking going into, all right, the book of Boba Fett week, it's coming out on the 29th. Nick's just going to be getting home on the 28th. So we can't do our Tuesday show. He's got to work Wednesday. I don't, so I don't really want to sit around all day and wait for Nick to go. Uh, plus I'll be up early to cover the book of Boba Fett for youtube.com slash star Wars time show. So if anything, you know, you're at least going to get my thoughts on the episode through that. Um, but it's like, you know, a bunch of people are going to be on vacation with family. Are they really going to tune in on a Wednesday during, uh, you know, a couple days before New Year's? Does it matter? Why am I an OCD with this shit? Why am I such a narcissist? Why can't I just say no to myself? Um, so stay tuned on that. We may be taking that week off and then we'll, we'll pick up yeah. with our coverage of Book of Boba Fett S1E1 that first week of January, but stay tuned. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated. But like we said, the show is almost here two weeks out. So we're starting to get drips of more teasers and it's, it's Nick. It's even getting to the point where the teasers are essentially the same damn thing over and over. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you might get one new shot sprinkled in or a new quote, but I, I will say the first one we got last week titled the return actually had some pretty eye-opening moments in it for egg hunters star wars historians sleuths out there that are that are scanning every panel of a trailer Uh, so there are some interesting things to to talk about that we might see that i know fans of the ot and fans of like really deep cut characters will be happy yeah um really really deep cut like 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 deleted scene you never like, even yeah, would have known they existed they, they weren't even cut. in the fucking movie deep right. <laughs> like that's uh, that's how deep they're going here all right so um getting into the return like i said we uh, i i also updated some of our our plot predictions which we'll we'll go over again here even though one may be torpedoed thanks to crimson rain uh but either way here we go uh all right so Really, the big takeaway before we go through each uh, slide or still from the re- the uh, return trailer is this screen right here. You can now see if you're on the live stream, and I'll, I'll describe it to those on the, just audio only. It's the scene where you see two Nikto thugs beating up two people in what looks like a, a cargo container. Yep. All right, so I, I missed this when I first broke out the screens. I mean, I did do a screenshot because it was a new scene, but I, I missed the tie here. I was like, you know what? That guy looks familiar. It almost looks like he's wearing a Jedi tunic, but then there's no way it's a Jedi, clearly. And, you know, you see there's a girl there, too. And, you know, so I post up the shit, and then I do what I usually do as a Star Wars nut job, and I start going out and going to Reddits and other sites and checking out other people, you know, w- what do they think? And lo and behold, 
the internet with our combined Star Wars knowledge has determined that those two characters you saw getting beat up. So we have determined that not only is this Tashi Station, the infamous Tashi Station that Uncle Owen told Luke to go fuck himself over, right? Yep. No, you got to do your damn chores. You can't go out <laughs> pussyfooting with your friends. That type of stuff is going to be featured in Book of Boba Fett. And so will two of Luke's friends that he wanted to go to Tashi Station with. We are talking about none other than Lay's Fixer Loenzerla and his <laughs> girlfriend Cammy. That's right. I'm saying it right now. It's been said on other platforms. The two people getting beat up inside Tashi Station. Yes, Boba Fett's going to Tashi. Luke should be jealous. Those two people are none other than Fixer and Cammy. They're probably married at this point in time. Hell, they may be even the owners of Tashi Station at this time. But if you're not familiar with Cammy and Lays, aka Fixer, aka Low Neosner. How do you say their last name, Nick? Lone Osner? Lona Low Low Neosner. I assume it's like Lone Osner or Lone Osner. All right. I would yeah. guess. <laughs> oh, how about, well, we'll just go with Lays and Cammy. And yeah. again, if you're not familiar with them, if and you're on the live stream, we have a screenshot pulled up of the deleted scene Nick was talking about. So when Luke was bitching about, oh, I got to go to Anchorhead, to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters, no one's like, fuck you, you do. You're going to get out there and fix those fucking vaporizers and moisturizers, you lazy asshole. Well, the scene was filmed. And you get to see that Cammy and Lays and Biggs are all part of Luke's crew. There's homies, his riders. This is who he rides or dies with yeah. on the rough and tough streets of the Dune Sea. So this this has Filoni all over it, right? I mean, it, yeah. I don't see Robert Rodriguez or even Favreau going like, hey, uh. In the, one of the flashbacks, let's have Boba go to Tashi Station and save Lays and Cammy, Luke's friends, from that deleted scene, right? Right, guys? Dude, so if that if that wasn't Filoni, because like I like look, I love Star Wars. I am deep in the Star Wars. I've watched deleted scenes on all the stuff like that. I didn't remember these people to save my <laughs> if you would have put this in front of me and put a gun to my head and said, What are their names? I would be dead easily. There was no fucking way that I was going to be able to pick out their names or anything like that. I mean, come so, on. Cammy wears the same exact tunic as Luke. She just folds it over the different side. I mean, look yeah, at that. Exactly. Luke and Cammy literally wear the same clothes. That's Matching how tight they sheets. were. They were they were the fucking <laughs> tunic gang of Tashi yeah. Station. But yeah, I mean, it's cool to see that that Filoni did. I mean fuck reach that far into right. the into the it's well to pull know. out deleted scenes character it's great i mean it just and you can tell it's going to be a, a flashback because once we get into the stills i believe it's a follow-up of, of boba walking in in his white jumpsuit yeah. that's all fried Rust, up and rusty boba yeah and he, he's like all right motherfuckers I'm, i need some shit why are you beating these people up i don't care but i'm gonna beat you up anyways because i still need something from tashi station so that's just i mean that's why we love him that's why he is the chief creative officer 
Uh, I, I 100% think this was, was probably a Filoni note, if not Filoni's episode that he's directing in the book of Boba Fett, which we did learn is happening. So, um, I don't know. It's just cool stuff. But like Nick said, it's like it, only lunatics like myself would truly understand the tip of the hat that the uh, book of Boba Fett creators <laughs> gave us here in the teaser. And then obviously the episode that's going to air in. So pretty cool. We were going to see Tashi station. Finally, it's not going to be on the cutting room floor and we're going to get a look at two of Luke's former buddies because we know the other one is fucking toast floating around somewhere above Yavin in, in he's space dust. I mean, he got his ass fucking blown up because he's not good enough. Yeah. Right. But right, yeah, this, this whole deleted scene, Nick, you should check it out. It, it's interesting because they do make it there and they, they're actually seeing the battle between Princess Leia's uh, blockade runner and Vader's uh, destroyer. And this is where Biggs tells Luke, like, listen, bro, I'm defecting to the Rebel yeah. Alliance. Uh, no, I mean, it's cool. It's a fun deep cut. Um, and the rest of this, I think the, like this trailer was the one that definitely gave us a little bit more meat. Um, I think as you get this one, you get a little bit of a flashback showing well, yeah, him we, washing, walking right. in the Tashi station. And then a lot of there's there. I think there were more new scenes in this one than in the totally the ready no, you, one. So, yeah, yeah, the ready was kind of bullshitty, but we did get some quotes from Fennec that I want to discuss. But yeah, Nick's right. So let's go through the slides here again. If you're on the live stream, you're seeing it play out live. Duh. Uh, if you're not, make sure to pull up the post on StarWarsTime.net. But uh, we got a couple flashback moments in this trailer. Right from the get-go, uh, we can see Fett approaching Jabba's castle, kind of staking out the garage to get his Slave One ship back, which we have seen in uh, previous trailers where they actually walk into the garage. So I think th th this stuff's going to be interesting because it's like he's probably been on Tatooine for a bit, and then once he realized that Din has his armor that's when he decides to go get his fucking shit back i don't know but that's that's kind of what it's looking like because he's in he's in his full-on nomad gear so it implies yeah. that it it could be during the mando timeline still yes. a flashback for the book of boba fett but during the mando timeline yeah. uh, we got some further clarity on him getting dressed i know tones was happy about this i i still contend these droids are not pit droids because we do get a pit droid in this trailer uh, but they're not uh, the the monks that I, I put out for the first trailer. So I suck. I punched myself. And I, uh, you know, I, I had someone step on my testicles too to atone for the air in my uh, speculations. Uh, but there you go. They are little robots. And uh, Boba's such a fucking pimp now. He has robots dress him. All right. Think about that. I was going to say, yeah, he's got his <laughs> own like, uh, servant. servant it's, like, <laughs> it's like he, he's Iron Man or Master Chief getting his armor put on by, by robots. It's, it's, it's quite impressive. So he yeah. is the Mac Daddy. All right. So we got, a, we got a shot of this very interesting looking ship flying in, Nick. And I'll be, uh, I'm curious to see what you think it may be. Because, you know, in... I, I, I captioned the stills in the post. I'm like, you know, this does not look imperial. This doesn't look New Republic-y. What the hell is it? It, it almost looks circular. I mean, Dara, is this Hondo's UFO? Uh, I believe one of our commenters on YouTube was like, could this be Dash Rendar's ship? I don't know, man. What are you thinking? Have you ever seen this one? 
Um, no, I've never seen anything that looks quite like it. Um, I mean, it's hard to tell because I mean, the the closest thing it looks like is the Falcon shape wise. Yeah, there there there's some Karelian freighter aesthetics to it. Yeah, um, but it's definitely not the Falcon. I mean, more than likely, it's just a like. I'll, I'll look up Dash Rendar's ship to see if that's like. I, I feel that's like not even it, close to what it looked like. I, I guess here, here's the question: do, do you think this is just like a transitional scene where they show a ship flying, then they just move on, or is this ship carrying someone important to the story? I, I don't think. This could literally just be, like you said, kind of like a shot from the spaceport, like somebody's going out. I mean, I doubt that they would give that much focus to a ship if it didn't have somebody that was at least like a minor plot player in it. Um, but it could it could legitimately just be like one of those, like we're panning down into the spaceport and here's one of the ships that's coming in. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely not. I mean, if they make an accurate portrayal of Dash Rendar's ship, then that's not it. Um, Dash Rendar is probably, I don't know, it would feel weird if they kind of shoehorned him into this, but, um, I, I guess anything's open because of the, of the, you know, the area and the underworld that we're working in. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot Fed of those is, characters, a lot of these legend characters are still viable. I mean, Kyle Katarn, yeah. Dash, yeah, they're definitely Mara, still viable. they're all viable in this timeline. I mean, albeit their EU stories have been jettisoned for the yeah, most yeah. part, but uh, they could right. fit in here. I, I don't know. I just, it, it, you know, like you said that they, they did put a focus on it, but it, it's clearly not Imperial. It's clearly not new Republic. Uh, yeah. So it, it, it's, it's more than likely going to be someone in the underworld, someone in the, in the syndicates. Who is it? The reason I, I don't think it's Hondo's because his ship literally is a flying saucer that twists. And I did not see like the hall twisting around, but you never know. I mean, th this could be the Athorian himself being brought in to return to his palace now that he knows that Boba Fett has has uh, taken over the castle and he may have to deal with it. Or like I said, it just could be just something to look at as we transition yeah. locations. <laughs> A scene transition. Yeah, we find Nick. This we, next one, we we finally get clarity now on who yeah. the motherfuckers were on the bikes, and it is a Nikto gang of sorts. I don't want to call this yep. the Swoop Gang because I think that's the next gang that was featured in this trailer. And as Tones uh, enlightened me on, I guess uh, the the Swoop Bike Gang had a f decent role to play in Shadow of the Empire. They were led by a guy named, curiously named Jizz, <laughs> fucking Jizz, like G I Z Z. Uh, but oh. apparently Jabba had some gangs and swoop bike gangs at his disposal. And who knows if these are former Jabba junkies, but we at least now know who they are. It's a bunch of Nictos and based on the trailer, my friend, it looks like they're headed to Tashi Station to beat up Lays and Cammy for fun. Yeah, yeah. Who knows why? Maybe yeah. they got something. Maybe, you know, like they're saying in the chat, they've got the best tunics on Tatooine. You just don't know. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> going to say, because like for those two characters, it, it would make a little bit more sense if it was somebody who we knew had like affiliations with Yang or affiliations with right. the New Republic or something well, like that. Well, you know that. what it could be. But we know so little. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't cover it this week because, you know, I, I figured I'd just 
bring it up on the show, which I'm going to do right now. But Ming-Na Wen this week kind of set a genre for the book of Boba Fett. She's like, listen, it's not really a Western. It's not, what is it, the good, bad, and the ugly. She said, this is the fucking Godfather. So yeah. what these people could be doing at Tashi Station is essentially going around and getting their, their VIG, right? Getting their fee for uh, protecting yeah, uh, Lays' shop and they don't want to pay up. So then they start kicking their ass and then it looks like our friend is going to walk in and kind of uh, equalize things a bit. But at least now we know that they were a bunch of Nicktoes. It wasn't Boba Fett and, and his little merry band of piggies. Yeah, uh, and there, there's, that's a scene we talked about. I, I love how this is shot, my friend. I, I love that we just get his shadow. Like he, you know, we, we get yeah. the shot where he's walking in the door, but here you just get the shadow. You can see he's got the gaffy stick prepped. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, again, he's not a good guy. He's an anti-hero, but I have a feeling he's probably going to kill these two guys. I just, yeah, I anti-heroes <laughs> don't really have qualms with killing people like normal, you know, like uh, whatever normal heroes do. I was trying. Yeah, to I, I don't think he's going to kill Lays and Cammy, but he's definitely going to no, take out the Nick Toes, like like yeah, they're toast. Um, they're, but they're either going to get killed or they're going to be really badly beaten. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the next shot here, this is. I believe probably going to happen almost right after that shot we just saw. Now he walks in, the gaffy stick is moving into striking form. And uh, really, if you, if you go to our site, and I'll pull it up here in a second, but this shot also confirms that they're in Tashi Station. I mean, the, the, the door controls are spot on. There's little like uh, cubby holes in the wall that are spot on. Uh, so don't doubt us. It's Tashi Station. Live with it. Uh, hey, Bat, to address you here, um, yeah, Luke, I don't know if he, he was like macking on Cammy, but I do believe, and this might even be canon at some point on his banishment to, he has a vision of her. So yeah, he's probably a little bit of a pervert when it comes to his old friend, Cammy. And it sounds like he was doing some sort of force induced masturbation to her. Okay. So hopefully that clears it up. All right. Uh, here we go. Now that is a pit droid tones. Very different than Boba Fett's armorers, all right? Enough said, game over. But really, the important part of this shot is that this is another gang that looks like they're coming into town, the same street that we've seen Boba and Fennec going down. Are they coming to help? Are they coming to fuck them up? Probably the latter. Uh, but this one, I, I, this is the best shot I could get because it was a fast-moving scene, so everything looked pixelated. But this gang seems to have true swoop bikes, and not just the speeder bikes that we saw the Nicktoes on, and they got themselves a land speeder, and they're they're definitely rushing towards something or away from something. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, I could, I could, if if you know, if Ming Na is kind of accurate in her her or the description of the show, I, I hope she is. She they, she acted in yeah. it. So. <laughs> I mean, basically, what you could see is like you know, he took out a mob boss. Like he right. took out a mob boss, and when you take out a mob boss, there's there's a, price a vacuum on your head. Yep. Yeah. Well, like even if like for those who were associated with Jabba, like if you look at this at like as like a five families thing from back in the sixties, seventies, stuff like that in New York, where you had the five crime families that all worked together and they were all part of this this big syndicate. And if that was the situation that was going on in the Star Wars universe, and then Boba Fett comes in here and takes out one of the 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 heads of this family in Bib Fortuna, 
then you probably are going to have a lot of trouble with those other linked families. Um, well, so dude, look we, at it we, this we, way. I mean, they were, they were technically working for Bib Fortuna, who was trying to get as fat as Jabba the Hutt. So do you really think he was making life difficult? No, he's probably oh, like, no. I don't <laughs> care. You guys do whatever the fuck you want. Just pay me my fee and we're good. I, I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to feed you to rancors. I just want to get fat and mac on, you know, Twi'lek women. That's it. I don't care what you do. So yeah, if you if you lose someone squishy like that weak at the top they're gonna be like oh shit a new players in town are they gonna make our lives miserable are they gonna take food off of our table we can't let that happen it's time to take them out yeah i'm, I'm kind of dealing with that in real life where for the first time in 12 years we have to hire my new boss like a new chair of the department and yeah. it's a little frightening because for 12 years i've either had colleagues that got promoted or were interim and then took it over. So everyone knew the system, right? Now we're going to have a new guy or girl coming in that like Boba Fett is probably going to try and, and lay down the law, if you will. And it's not going to go well. So the same, same thing's going to happen here. And just like Nick said, he's coming in, he's going to want to try to put his spin on running Jabba's cartel. Some people will get in line Others will not. And those others are probably going to get their heads caved in by a gaffy stick. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, all right. I mean, so th it, this it, guy, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go on. So we get a shot of this, the, the, the orange Twi'lek, who we know is an envoy of some sort to the Athorian. So this, yeah. to me, Nick, is probably him coming to say like, hey, you motherfuckers, welcome. We noticed you captured some of our soldiers or the maroon goons, and we may know something about them. Would you please come and meet with my master, right? That type of deal. Yeah. So I, who knows? But I, I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking this is him asking Boba and Fennec to kind of break bread with the Athorian after some shit goes down. Also that, looks like it might not go well. Yeah, and, and then I, the next scene, if you watched it, I was like, holy shit, the throne is moving. And whenever we get a perspective from Jabba's throne room through the, the Rancor gates of a throne then sliding back up to said gates, that means they just opened them. And yeah. now they're getting back into position to watch who or whatever fell down the hole get eaten. Yeah. So is it the orange guy? Are they immediately like, all right, whatever, dude. Uh, there's a part of me, I believe in the original trailer, orange guy was in there talking to a Thorian, I think when they were still there. So maybe not. But Nick, this, this scene to me implies that we're going to get to see early on them using the trap door and which more or less confirms the existence of another Rancor. Is it Mushi? Yeah. Is it Mushi? <laughs> I wonder right? if he uses it and there's no, cause like, even if there's no rancor down there, like it, you're still stuck down there. Yeah. You're like fucked there's no way. way out. Yeah. There's no yeah, way out. Like the only way that Luke got out is because killed the rancor and the people on the outside opened the gate. But even if they drop you down there with no rancor, you're still pretty fucked. Yeah. I, I just yeah, like, I to me, the the way they shot this particular moment, it's a direct mirror of when Luke gets dropped down and you see Jabba and all his lackeys get pulled back up to watch. And they're all like, oh, 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 oh. you know, they're all like, 
So I, I think someone's going to get eaten here, and I hope so. And, you know, like I said, it very could be uh, the, the orange Twi'lek that was sent there or some of the dogmen that we saw getting a little gruff with Boba in the full trailer. Very true. Yeah. All right, so there you go. That was the uh, return breakdown. Big stuff there again was the confirmation of Tashi Station, Fixer and Cami. And then the fact that, yeah, we're, we're going to get to see the Rancor pit get used more than likely. And, you know, is it Mushi? All right, what are we going with? Was, was Patisse, I believe, was that the one Luke killed? Or was it Mushi? Did Jabba have two? Was Mushi the, the second one they're bringing in? Uh, knowing Filoni's involvement in both Bad Batch and this, I'm guessing if there is a Rancor that has been at Jabba's palace... It probably will be the Moosh. Yeah. Um, and our plot predictions here, uh, just to remind everyone, Crimson Dawn will ultimately turn out to be the big bad that Boba has to face, and Kira will return to live action. If anything, Crimson Dawn is 100% going to be featured in this series, okay? Yeah. Eh, we'll see. I might, <laughs> might have to hedge that motherfucker here in a little bit. Up next, we'll see some form of Jango Fett flashback to fill in some ancient Mandalorian lore. That that one I'm going way out on a limb for, but I'm sticking to it. Number three, Boba will escape the Sarlacc pit by igniting his flamethrower and catching himself on fire in the process. And a new one here, based on research below. Uh, yeah, I just talked about this. Boba is going to go to Tashi Station and possibly help Cami and Lay's fixer. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Tashi Station, he's finally going to get some power converters. How much you want to bet he's going there for power converters? How much you want to bet? I really, I really hope so. And you I know hope, he like, is. I, you know he <laughs> is. You got, or so, it has to be mentioned. It has, somebody has to offer him some, yeah. something. Like, they have to come up when he's there. Um, so, so yeah, I definitely think that's going to happen. What's going to be interesting is, um, is he going there for, like you said, is he going there for, for parts and then he just happens to run into whatever this is, or is he following these Nikto gang members and then yeah, he, I guess he busts in on We really didn't spend a ton of time on his white jumpsuit shot. Cause to me, it still doesn't look like he got that fucked up to the point where like his face melted and his eyebrows came off. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I would have figured <laughs> that whole jumpsuit would be black and charcoal, but it's just like, yeah. It's almost like I think someone in our Discord said that there it was like the tentacle marks almost uh, you could see that that were latched on there. So who knows? It's yeah. definitely a, a flashback moment for Book of Boba, and with the cherry on top of it, kind of connecting to a a very deep cut deleted scene from A New Hope. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we got the ready teaser yesterday, and uh, we got some more insights, as I said, into the Maroon Gang, or the Maroon Goons, as we like to call them here. Um, but this one, as, as Nick and I talked, it, this one was more, it, it just had new shots of existing scenes that they don't really give us much to go off of. But yeah. I think the one thing we can confirm, and Nick, Nick guessed this last week when we were talking about the Maroon Goons... Uh, damn it. I didn't do media file like an asshole. Um, but, but Nick, in this trailer, you can finally see that that, the chase, the chase sequence, all the parkour is in fact Fennec in full gear, chasing the goons, 
So yeah, I think we can now fully yeah. predict that this chase takes place. She captures one, brings one back to the palace, and things probably really kick off from there with his beef with the Athorian, if the Athorian is involved with the Maroon Goon. Um, but since yeah. I can't pull up the shots, it's really not worth looking at them, since they're, they're really just new, new looks from existing yeah, scenes. The, it, yeah, we've already seen the scenes and different angles, basically. This is just you know, a, a couple others stitched in. So not really right, but, getting but anything too, there, too new. There are some quotes that were interesting here. Uh, in the trailer, you know, you're, you're getting this Boba Fett line left and right now, like, I intend to rule with respect. But now we get a follow-up from his, his new buddy, and, and Fennec says, in difficult times, fear is a sure bet. So as she says, yes, they're partners, yes, they're collaborating, but... They're anti-heroes, and she knows sometimes, especially in the criminal underworld, that respect isn't enough. Sometimes you got to break a few eggs to make a cake. So um, I, I found that line to be interesting. She also says this about, I'm, I'm assuming, the Maroon Gang. These are just the first wave. They're going to war. To which Boba replies, then we will be ready. So... I, I think that's that that's eye opening. I think it pays off on the Godfather classification of the the, the yeah. show's genre, and it does seem like the Maroon Gang will be the first to kind of test Boba Fett and his power and control over Jabba's former empire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going to war is definitely like. Uh, you know, you usually don't hear that in Western angled kind of uh, series. Like we've never. Oh, it, we've that's very that gangster like speak. I mean, yes. it, I mean, it, it, they could have they could have dubbed Tony Soprano's face over top of her when she said this. <laughs> and, and it would it have still made complete sense. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's like she's she's the one that's probably going to run into them first and realize like, uh oh, it's already beginning. They're 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 testing us. So these are just the first wave. So what else is going to be coming at these people? You just, you just don't know. You'd have to assume every syndicate, maybe even those off off world, uh, the the Black Sun, uh, the um, the crackheads. Where are they? The Pikes. Uh, yeah. And you, there's probably a few others out there. Speaking of Black Sun, I guess I could do this in my comic book thing, but uh, the Prince, Zizor, Shizor, Shiza, Prince Shiza. <laughs> He has been recanonized via the comic books, at least in name. Uh, Kira goes to meet with the Black Sons, and and they they finally throw out like, "Hey, the prince is thinking this and that and this and that." So I'm sure that will make EU fans happy. It doesn't really mean much to me. I know who he is and why he exists, but I don't really give too many fucks about old school EU stuff. I'm here for the new canon. That's how we roll. So. There you go. Um, I, and I think everyone's right here. The, these teasers we're seeing, this is more than likely episode one in full. I, 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 I yeah. don't think, especially because we now know it's only seven episodes and it, it's really not looking like it's going much beyond episode one, maybe episode two at the most. Uh, but we're here 15 more days. It, trust me, it'll be here before you know it. I know I'll be feeling all fat and happy because it's Christmas week. I'm not going to be working out. I'm going to be eating, probably have a few drinks at night. You just, it's going to be a party. It's vacation time, yeah. my friends. So 
you'll see. Keep, you know, keep, keep sub to all our platforms to see what we're going to be doing that week. But I don't know. I, there's a feeling that the, the Star Wars Time Show should maybe just take the last week of the year off and come back full of piss and vinegar to break down Book of Boba Fett S1E1 right before E2 airs the next day. They're on what January fifth, I think, would be the date for the next for episode two. Yes. All Fourth. right. Uh, yeah, fifth, fifth. Yep. That's the Wednesday. So yeah, um, this next this next one's pretty interesting because this we have some accompanying images with it, uh, and and this next article that we're going to talk about is a is a rumor from Star Wars Newsnet that there will be an appearance from dun, da, 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 the fabled child in the book of Boba Fett from little Grogu. Um, and this comes from a couple of screenshots that, um, that best and bulletin also shared, but they showed the crew shirts. Um, and they do have a picture of Grogu on the front of the crew shirts for the book of Boba Fett crew. Right. Um, and then on the back of it, you know, it's, it's more of like a, the, the back of it's just more of like a cool scene. Mm-hmm. You see Gamorreans, you see, I mean, it's hard to tell because it's super blurry. So, it, it, I mean, it could probably could be Boba Fett, could be Mando in there shooting and and having his way uh, in this battle. But uh, the the big yeah the big thing is that little Grogu is present on this shirt. Right, so yeah. a lot of people are now thinking that he could make his way into the show. So so this is rumor, right? This is classified as yes. rumor. But according to SWNN. They they learned of these crew gifts, so these shirts were given to the crew, which happens all the time. So it's definitely legit. And and they asked after they saw this, they asked their source, like, "Yo, what what's the deal with Grogu on the crew shirts? Like, what, why?" And apparently, that source was like, "Well, let's just say he's gonna make an appearance in the show." All right, and I'll tell you what, I don't I don't want Grogu to die like my friend Nick does. But I don't see how this plays out and makes sense in the book of Boba Fett. I just don't. Yeah, I agree. I think that if anything, if they do see him, it it, it should be in flashback form. That just gives like per, like maybe additional context into the time that he spent with Mando while he still had Grogu. Um, you know what? That, that you would, know what? You you nailed it, dude. You fucking nailed it. You nailed it. That's it, because <laughs> the update was a leaker tease that this character will appear with another interesting character, and that, that's Mazin, so I don't fully trust this, but he says, who's he's hanging with is pretty cool, too. So if we go what, what Nick said, because I've really been struggled to, struggling to, to try and figure this out, like, how does Grogu make any sense in the book of Boba Fett and the story they're trying to tell? It's it just zero in in terms of the mando timeline like the present it just he just went to fucking luke skywalker yeah why does he have any reason to show back up on tatooine because while i was wrong with kenobi only being on tatooine i'm pretty sure book of boba fett is predominantly tatooine set why is he gonna have to leave he he's there to make his mark on jabba's territory which is the the, the palace and tatooine so where, why does he need to go anywhere? So I just, I don't, it, it just didn't make sense to me until Nick said it right there. If we think about what even Nick and I have said on this dumb show in the past, why the fuck was Boba tracking Din from the get-go? Like, honestly, was it just because he's wearing Mando armor and he showed up on Tatooine in season one and 
He was like, all right, I'll follow this guy. I don't have my armor. Maybe I'll steal it. He doesn't make an attempt yeah. on the armor. He waits till everything plays out and he comes as Fennec's dying to save her. And then in, in season two, episode one, we see he has been spying on Din the entire time. He watched everything Din did to take out the crate dragon. And at the end, as Din's going yeah. back with his armor on a speeder bike, he's watching him. He's tracking him. So Nick, I think, is spot on in the fact that in a flashback, we're probably going to see Grogu and Din on one of their adventures that were featured in The Mandalorian that Boba witnessed through his, you know, hunter mode. Is that yeah, what you were saying? He, that or, I mean, there's a lot of different, like he could have seen her or seen Grogu with Peli. Like, you know, what, like, just think about that. Like oh, the yeah, first, okay, that's it. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're bumming around the spaceport if you're Boba and... You're walking by the hangars and then all of a sudden you see Pelly, who's usually a fucking mechanic slash yep. port, like a port worker holding this little fucking Yoda baby. And that's a good call. too. I mean, Boba I like Fett that. knows what Yoda looks like. Like Boba had has seen Yoda. So it's not like he's unfamiliar with this uh, this little creature. And then he probably like he sees fucking Grogu. Then he looks up. He sees this Razor Crest ship. He's like, "What the? Who the fuck is? What's going on here?" And then you know maybe that sends him down down the road to you know find out who this person is that has a Yoda baby and this uh, this old Razor Crest ship that nobody's exactly. seen in decades. You're, you know? you're you're I think you're hitting on something because the thing about both season one and season two, Grogu gets left with his babysitter, Pelly. Yeah. Like, he does not go out on the missions. Uh, so Nick is right. He, he's back in most icely for, for both of those. Um, well, no, he went, he, went on, he went on the crate dragon hunt, didn't he? Yeah. Boba, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, Grogu. Yeah, oh, Grogu did, was on the Grogu? crate dragon hunt. Yeah, he was. Yes. Because I remember he was looking at that big piece of meat at the end that, that yeah, they were throwing that, yeah. on the... Uh, but in in season one, he was not. He was left with Pelly as as uh, Mando was out doing that mission with Shithead that that tried to kill Fennec, and Boba showed up and gave her robot guts. I wish I had robot yeah. guts. I need a robot gut. Like these days, I, I challenge everyone. I, I want everyone to do this challenge, including Nick. I think it's Dannon. They make a new twenty five gram protein yogurt. It's, oh, wow. it, it's in a ratio series. Like it's got the, the breakdown between carbs, protein, and fat. I want everyone to buy at least one can, eat it, and tell me if you shit yourself within four hours to the mark. Because <laughs> I've done multiple scientific studies at this point, and I've come to the conclusion that this yogurt is, it, it's, it's almost a laxative. It, it's not like the runs, but it's a very strong urge, like, okay, I need to go to the bathroom, or if I fart, I'm going to shit my pants, like a <laughs> shart style. So I, I want to know, like, if my body just can't process that much protein, which doesn't make sense. I drink protein shakes that have 25 Gs a hit. So there's something else in this yogurt, which, if you're, if you're into, like, trying to eat healthy, a 25-gram protein yogurt that's 170 calories, that thing is, that, that's like magic. But I am finding that my body within four hours fully processes this stuff and wants it out, like out. It's like, that's enough. Get this shit out of here. Because, I mean, it, it comes out smelling like the yogurt, like literally the yogurt. I'm not saying the yogurt smells like shit. I'm saying my shit smells like yogurt. So give it a try. 
If we think about it, I'll throw a link in the Discord. I want everyone to do their homework, get one can, eat it, and then tell me within four hours if you're shitting the yogurt back out into your toilet. Thank you. <laughs> All right. But yeah, no, back to this. I, I think to me, in the, in the way my head is trying to tackle this Grogu and Book of Boba Fett, I think Nick nailed it. I think the only way it makes sense is if he is seeing a past moment from the Mandalorian of, of Din and Grogu on planet doing their thing. Cause they yeah. do. I mean, th- th- there, there is potential for those flashbacks in the book of Boba Fett. Cause why was it? Because someone told him a Mandalorian's on planet. Was it the ship? Like Nick said, could have been, he, he saw the little baby and that, that made him curious. All right, I'll go follow this yeah. guy, see what he's up to. Because it's not like he was following Din and I forget the dude's name uh, yeah, to, to was, help or, or, or save Fennec. No, I mean, he, he, he stumbled upon that mess after she was supposedly dead. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like the Fennec, like him and Fennec are, are literally together because he found her. Like he, he, he wasn't tracking her. He wasn't trying to to save her life or anything like that. Like he was literally like he was following Din and then he came across this fucking assassin that was almost dead in, in the desert or maybe was dead in the desert. And then he, he tinkered her back to life, but there was no, like there was no established relationship between Boba and Fennec before he saved her life in the desert. And the only reason that he saved her life is because he found in and he was fought and he probably helped her because he was like hey who is this why were you after him and he he was probably just trying to get information out of her to say who see who this fucking uh yeah. mandalorian was yeah. in the middle of tattooing <laughs> you're right you are not wrong you are not wrong so i don't know thank you for that it's starting to make sense now i i, I think nick nailed it so i want everyone to clap but if they give myself a little clap. Yep. Um, no, you uh, have but to. But if you it's not that, to. it I, I do agree with you. Like if it's not something like that, then I don't see how they get him in here. Because like be, we're we're under It would yeah, be I mean, licensing rape at that point. Like they're literally just putting it, him in the show to 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 rape him for licensing dollars. That's it. Yeah. It would, it would be disgusting. I mean, we know that this takes place after Mando season two. Like the, the whole scene with him taking over Bib Fortuna's palace happens after the events of Mando season two. So it's not like you can argue that the current timeline that Book of Boba Fett's happening in is intermingling with when, you know, when Grogu's still around, he's not like he's off with Luke Skywalker in an undetermined location. Um, So it would be really weird if for some reason he showed up on whatever fucking planet uh, you know, if he shows up on Tython or wherever he goes to train, you know, where where training is going on with Grogu and he, he just stops in to see Luke Skywalker, that wouldn't make any sense. No. It wouldn't make any sense for Luke to show back up on no. Tatooine with Grogu. Like, it, it has to be a flashback. I, it's like I've been saying, even in The Mandalorian, I, I think that's where Grogu's reintroduction makes the most sense. And, and really there, it should only be... like a dire need right like yeah they're fucked this is it the mandalorians are down and out din's down and out bo's down and out they need a miracle 
Maybe Din somehow taps into the force. Grogu hears it, and he he tugs on Uncle Luke's cloak like, <laughs> and Luke's like, "I got you, buddy. Let's go." Um, yeah. but, but just showing up in, in the Boba Fett present timeline, I don't know. I, I was having a hard time with that. And maybe that's what clouded my, my usually decent speculative mind, but I, I just, I had nothing. So thank God for Nick. Cause that <laughs> makes complete sense. And I actually think it would be a great use of a, a cheap Grogu thrill would, would be to kind of see from Boba's point of view what Din and Grogu were getting into those two trips to Tatooine when Boba was fine just being a nomad. Because, uh, I mean, he he saw him that first time, and then he just chilled. He knew where his fucking ship yeah. was. He just chilled, wait, to, wait until he came back again, and then he's like, oh, now he finally got my armor. Sweet. I don't have to do it. Now <laughs> I'll just go, yeah. I'll just go steal it from him. <laughs> so He's like, I don't have to steal his armor now. Now I can just go steal. You know, maybe he was my sizing armor. him up, and when he saw what Din could do, he's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to get that armor off of him with me not having any armor, so yeah. I'm just going to wait and see if this Cobb Vanth asshole gets shot and killed, and then I'll just go take it off of his dead body. Um, exactly. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, Din worked out a, a more amicable deal for the yeah, armor deal. And, and no one had to die. But all right. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nick. I, I, I really think that that's the way it has to be done. I hope if this is true, that is the way it's done. Otherwise, to me, it, it's like I said, it, it's fan service rape. It, it's just it's too much. Like, come on. What are we doing here yeah. at this point? Like, don't don't do Grogu like that. Just don't do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So moving on uh, away from the book of Boba Fett. Yes, we talk about yeah. things that aren't just all things the man. Uh, but we got uh, Nick. Nick threw this up last week, and I'm quite quite taken by the image you used of this young lady here. But apparently, I mean, not a bad image. Actually, <laughs> she. I, what a yeah. look. But um. Apparently, Star Wars The Acolyte has found its lead actor, huh, Nick? Yes. So the, the lead actor for the show is, according to Variety, um, is Amandla, A-M-A-N-D-L-A. Yes, that's how she spells her name, Stenberg. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, um, Stenberg played Holy Rue shit, that's Rue? Yes, that is Rue from Man, that's the been a lot of years since Hunger Games. that movie came out, huh? It has been. It's been a while. So uh she she played Rue from Hunger Games um and has gone on since to star in a lot of I wouldn't they're not necessarily big budget films, but they were but films that had a She's maintained work in in you know oh, yeah. big big time movies for sure. Definitely, definitely. I mean if you get like the, some of the ones that I listed were the Hate You Give, The Darkest Minds, Dear Evan Hansen. Um, those are some of her, her you know, more recent stuff. Um, but she does have uh, an IMDb page that, that goes pretty uh, far back. I mean, she was only, let's see, she was born in 1998. So she was only like 14 years old when she played Rue because um, that came out in 2012. Um, so she was still a kid. She was in the Sleepy Hollow TV series. She was in a bunch of uh, a bunch of shows and movies since then, uh, and now she's going to be taking over the lead role of uh, the Acolyte TV series. Um, so, 
which we which we have heard is should be filming after ahsoka yeah 2022 april concurrently yeah it's more than likely going to be around april between april and june of 2022 is when uh the filming is slated to start um there's not, but there's really nothing else about the acolyte other than it is High Republic. So, it's a High Republic TV show. It's more than likely going to focus on the dark side of things. Which, because um, I mean, we don't know jack shit about the High Republic. We have failed everyone on that. We both talked big games about how we're going to cover it. I started on the comics. He tried to do the books. It just didn't work out. But the the general gist of the High Republic is this is the the height of the Jedi's power and control. They they yes. are demigods essentially. They, they they are doing what they were meant to do. They're uh, kind of keeping peace in the galaxy while also helping the inner worlds expand out into the outer rim through that that big ass space station and, and clearing out hyperspace routes. All this fun stuff. But during this time, there was no true Sith presence. Right? They they were still hidden, plotting. Yeah. They had been beaten down by the Jedi. Most people in the galaxy thought the Sith were extinct. Uh, some yeah. of the stuff I've I've read, yeah, there were rumblings that you know those those Dragir, they 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 were in league with the Sith, but even the Sith turned on them. Uh, that you know they they were getting feelings of of dark side energy, but but it was nothing like what we know for. Lucas's Star Wars, where the, the Jedi were dwindling, the Sith were making a resurgence through the brilliant planning of Palpatine. But the Acolyte is said to, to start at the end of the High Republic. So yeah. to me, Nick, do you think this lead here, this lovely young lady, will be playing a a Jedi who goes off track and maybe for the first time starts to dip into the dark side a bit or gets exposed to it or possibly, you know, runs into a Plagueis or, or one of the Sith that was trying to, because uh, I, I mean, who knows? Nothing's really canon anymore, right? I mean, it's all kind yeah. of legends based. I mean, this, so, this area of time was really devoid of canon, even in the old EU. Um, there weren't really, because this is takes place 200. So, the High Republic is like 200-ish years before TPM. TPM. So that's yep. kind of like your 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 timeline there. Um, but and yeah, there, there's there, no there name really Sith at this point in time either. Like there's no, no... The galaxy doesn't know of a Darth something at this point in time. There There is no exactly. two, two Sith thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the rule of two was technically instituted by this point, but I, but during this time period, like even though the rule of two was implemented, like nobody knew who the two Sith were or even if there exactly. were two Sith yeah. at the time. Most people thought so, they were dead. I mean, you even see it by the yeah. time TPM comes around, the the arrogant ass Mace Windu, like, that motherfucker, we, we killed those motherfuckers. Like, the Sith, bitch, you crazy. The Sith are dead. <laughs> they're not coming back. What do you mean, Sith? Because uh, that that's what the High Republic essentially set up the Galactic Republic to fail. Because they, yeah. they, the Jedi were so powerful and, and they really didn't have an equal for hundreds of years. They didn't until yeah. Homie shows up. I mean, canon, schmanon, legends, smedgens, the crux of Star Wars, it wasn't until Palpatine that the Sith finally got their shit back together and did something impressive. 
before yeah. that, it, it, these days, it's all legend what the Sith used to do when, when they were able to, you know, kick some Jedi ass. And even then, they still couldn't kick the Jedi's ass. Malak and Revan, they failed ultimately, right? Bane failed. They all failed. I mean, every one of these motherfuckers failed until Palpatine. Sheev yeah. is the greatest Sith of all time. Maybe not the most powerful, but he probably is. But he is the greatest Sith of all time. He's the one that finally was able to achieve... Would every one of these motherfuckers since Darth Bane wanted to achieve and has dominance over the galaxy with just two people in power? Yeah. So, so the, the, the big thing for me is, I, so I hope it's not a fallen Jedi story. Um, and not that that's been overplayed or anything, because we really haven't seen that many fallen Jedi stories. I just think it would be more interesting if it did like if if the show focused on the dark side as the primary and and Amanda's character is a dark side acolyte from the start and then you just kind of sprinkle in the Jedi stuff like oh they're you know like maybe they encounter a Jedi and they kill him or maybe they capture a Jedi or something like that but I I I do want this to be like focused more heavily on the dark side than the light side because we've already seen so much content that's focused on like okay the jedi are looking for this or the jedi are in hiding now the jedi are doing we've always kind of followed the the jedi along or like what the light side force user is doing and how how that's affecting the scope of the galaxy and stuff like that we've never done it from the flip side i guess i was thinking more you know maybe that's her her backstory not so much the main story of the acolyte but she became the acolyte because she became disenfranchised or was tempted by something or someone and she was the first jedi in all these years to finally succumb to that temptation and and get the uh, the dark side kind of back on the map i mean she could be a major player in all of star wars by the end of this if you think about it she could be the impetus for ultimately why Palpatine is who he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I just like to pick, I'll tell you what, I even, (laughs) I'm even getting turned on by her armpit hair. I'm not going to lie. I just saw that. I was like, you know what? I kind of like that. (laughs) That makes the image even sexier to me. But no, she's very attractive. And, um, I mean, she's been in, Good stuff. I mean, she continues to get roles uh, after being a child actor, which is hard for a lot of people. A lot of people who start off as a child have a hard time transitioning into yeah. uh, acting roles that aren't. And for, end like, up being uh, being big MAGA supporters like Scott Bayo and Ricky Ricky Schroeder, right? <laughs> get out there, yeah. like. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this is the show that probably has the most intrigue for me currently. Because it's the one we know the least about. And it's also the only show that's being actively developed that isn't in a timeline that we're already Correct. familiar with. Yeah, I mean, the, the, so, outside of Yoda and some location names, people like us that are too dumb to read, this should be brand freaking new. All of it. Yeah, and I, I expect, too, that if this show is good... And it it really does bring intrigue to this time period. Then it'll, I'll probably pick the books back up. I'm with you. Know, you. I'll probably you. you know finish the Light of the Jedi and then start the the oncoming storm or whatever it was called. Because I mean that was really the 
the barrier for entry to me is like usually when I start to read series or when I start to pick up books, it's because something else has spurred me to do it. Um, like even with the Star Wars books, like obviously I, I had seen Star Wars first and I was interested in the universe and I wanted to get more into it. So that's why I read those. I did the same thing with the Hunger Games books, saw the first movie and then I yeah, uh, read the we books. Are, we are all that stuff. cavemen. We need yeah. moving images to entice us to read. It's okay. I'm yeah. the same way. Like, uh, I, I still don't think I'm going to do it, but I, I'm still enjoying Wheel of Time, the moving pictures, and I may go yeah. back and, and, and read the stuff. Although at this point, I've heard they, they've changed enough in the series that I don't know if I want to go to the book. Yeah. Like, the book sounds like it's a little more child appropriate or, or young adult appropriate, where the show is at least a couple of the episodes gets pretty graphic in terms of, of violence and, and some of the situations, but yeah, I, yeah I'm with so, you, man. If this is good, this is definitely something that would maybe kick me in the ass to, all right, now let's really get a handle on the, the lore of this era. Cause the, the yeah. comic didn't quite do it. And in the book I, I was out within the first few minutes I, I listened to it. I mean, the motherfuckers were reading it to me and I was like, eh, <laughs> I'll go play, I'll go play a video game or, or stare at all my toys that I have sitting on this desk and just get upset with myself for uh, collecting shit for no reason at this point in my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm expecting this to be a pretty good show. I haven't seen Russian Doll yet, um, so it's, I'm not it's sure. It's very good. Watch it. It's definitely okay. a, one of the better Netflix series out there. It's got a ground, Groundhog Day concept, but there, there's okay. like a little sci-fi stuff going in there as to why her day keeps looping uh, but it, no it's good it's it's good it's funny and and the mystery is something that's kind of worth watching through very cool but yeah this is uh this is the big news from the acolyte the star has been chosen and now we just need to see how the story evolves around said star so good stuff there um this next this next piece is where Matt and I are probably going to have a bit of a disagreement, but not necessarily like we'll see how the conversation not really. goes. I, I, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't anticipate disagreements. It, it's just like what I said before. It just your reaction is just kind of how most people are these days. Like, eh, fuck it. Doesn't look that great. <laughs> fuck these guys. I don't like their games. I'm never going to try something from them because I like some of the, I don't like their old stuff. That's okay. Uh, the David Cage stuff, I, I, I get a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, he is a true, but, but listen, people, <laughs> this is, this is life. Okay. People like David Cage get to keep doing whatever they want to do because money rules the world. I mean, look, look at, look at some of the leaders in our country for Christ's sakes. Like th this guy's just in, in charge of video game development. And yes, he is still, he still has a job cause it's his company. I mean, he's, he's like a Logan Roy, but that, that, that's, that's who these people are. But I don't want to get into all that, all the, the, the social aspects. So we'll see where things go. I, I really, uh, you know, I, I know Nick's take on this, but like I said, it was more like, eh, whatever. I'll, if, if, there, if it reviews well, I'll check it out. It, it, it didn't quite have the excitement that I think some Star Wars fans had, and some of it's justified, Nick. Some of it... We're going to have to correct you on. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we finally, you know, we've been talking about Star Wars Eclipse for months now via rumors, leaks, and, you know, gaming insiders. And it was made official last week at the Game Awards. 
this is the Quantic Dreams Star Wars game that we have talked about if you have tuned into the show. And if you haven't, what are you doing? Go to StarWarsTime.net, get subscribed to a platform of your choice, or YouTube.com slash StarWarsTimeShow. All right, Nick, so Star Wars Eclipse officially revealed. We get some details on it. We got a very beautiful, probably multi-million dollar trailer that didn't show a damn bit of gameplay, but gave you an idea of the look of the world. And hey, visually, it looks fucking fantastic. The time period is, as was reported, High Republic. Nick didn't quite believe me at first. He was doing, he he got caught title reading. I was like, Nick, just go read the articles, buddy. He's like, dude, there's Trade Federation ships and it's Phantom Mess. I'm like, Nick, I promise you I'm not pulling your leg. This comes right from their website. It's the High Republic. Um, and the interesting thing here, so setting genre release date. Here we go. Uh, it's going to be set during High Republic. And it's mostly going to take place in the Outer Rim, which at that point in time is kind of the Wild West of the galaxy. Uh, The game is a narrative-driven action-adventure affair, and um, it it should be different than what Quantic has put out before. Beyond Two Souls, Heavy Rain, uh, Detroit Become Human, I think was their, their last. The official description is a new action adventure, multiple character branching narrative game set in the High Republic era presented to you by Quantic Dream. And and here's the caveat. This is why let's not all get too upset and Lucasfilm games. Okay, so Quantic, while they are probably doing the heavy lifting, they have Lucasfilm overlords there, which makes me feel better Um, now early in development. Okay, that typically means you're not going to get to play it for years and years and years to come, if ever. Nick Nick yeah. is betting that it's never going to see the light of day, but y- you never know. Uh, platforms have not been made available, but one has to guess, obviously PC, probably the new consoles. Yeah. Um, other details, it is being written by Quantic Dreams Paris, so yes, David Cage is involved. Uh, Tom Henderson, the guy that broke the, the leak a few months ago, he's reporting that the game is believed to be around three to four years away. All right. That means that the game doesn't exist. I know Nick's shaking his head, but we've been talking about a game that also was announced three years ago and it's not going to come out until it's almost four years. And that's a Lego star Wars game. Lego Star Wars, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, I believe was first announced either at E3 2018 or E3 2019, and it's still not out. Hey, buddy. Yeah. How you doing? Good. Okay. Merry Sithmas. Merry Sithmas. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that's a bit jarring to people, but honestly, that is game development. Now, I will agree with Nick and, and my buddy who's like, well, then why the fuck do you even put out the trailer? That It is... It's getting back to Lucasfilm's big December hurrah last year. We're like, this is getting a show. That's getting a show. You're getting a show. Your mom got a show. And now a year later, some of the shows are canceled. <laughs> some of the shows have creative differences. It's like, why shoot your wad if, if it's not going to be real? Uh, so I get those sentiments with, all right, if, why show us a clips now if it's literally three years out from even being playable? But that that's kind of where we are in game development. Yeah. Um, the trailer, I mean, obviously, was trailer all CG. Looked, looked fucking fantastic. I mean, th- there's no holes that can be poked in that trailer. I mean, it looked what modern, what a modern Star Wars video game should look like. I mean, it was 
no, no different than watching one of the movies. It, it was beautiful. And the music was great. Those dudes on the fucking drums were kick-ass. It really felt like Star Wars. Um, but we didn't get to see any gameplay. All we know is that this game, and this is an official statement, is going to let you play as a diverse cast of charismatic characters, each with their own story abilities and role to play in the, tapest the tapestry of events that could alter the carefully balanced piece of the Outer Rim. Every decision you make can have dramatic repercussions on your journey. The way of life in the Outer Rim is being threatened and you must define your path. So Nick, with that and the fact that its official description is it's a multiple character branching narrative, you're not going to be playing as a singular character for this entire experience. To me, no. it sounds like you're going to jump behind the eyes of multiple different characters. They're all kind of doing their own thing, but their own things are ultimately going to shape the future and the potential outcome of the outer rim and your gameplay experience in it. All right. That yeah. sounds kind of awesome. All right. Uh, we got some screens, obviously they're, they're of CG cutscenes, So who cares? You can't really like, I, I still think the gameplay is going to look damn near what we saw in the trailers. And then we got the press release. So I guess real quickly, I'll, I'll give my overall opinion on what we saw and then Nick can go and then we can spit on each other. All right. Just don't spit in my mouth. <laughs> so Here's the deal, and I'm usually glass half empty on all things in life. Star Wars seems to be one thing that I can have a little bit of positivity towards. I know it's weird because most Star Wars fans hate Star Wars. Uh, while I hate a lot of things in life, Star Wars is one thing that it's very hard for me to drum up hate. Um, so when I saw this, I got very excited. I liked what I saw. I liked the idea. I've enjoyed Quantic Dreams games in the past, which shouldn't surprise anyone based on my penchant for mindless gameplay these days. And that's what Quantic Games were. It was a story that you interacted with, with like some QTE, QTEs and other nonsense. I don't think that's how Eclipse is going to be, but I do know that, love him or hate him, QD is good at creating a narrative-driven game and i've been screaming for years that i just want a narrative driven star wars game and yeah we got fallen order but that narrative can go fuck itself for the most part in fact that narrative left so little of an impact on me that when i did my breakdown of the star wars comic i completely forgot that in jedi fallen order it's established that the empire was building star killer base all right. I thought I thought I, I discovered something new last week. I'm like, holy shit, look, the Empire, they're the ones that were carving it out. It wasn't the first order. It's all connected. But then some commentary is like, hey, asshole, in Jedi Fallen Order, he literally goes there and you can see the trench being formed already. So I, I lost there, lost some cred. Point being, we still have not had that just amazing narrative driven Star Wars game, in my opinion, since KOTOR. Yeah, they've, they've been non-existent. 
So I'm excited for that. I'm excited on it, what it looks like and, and the potential to play as a bunch of different characters that are going to shape the overall story. All that stuff gets me excited. The wait sucks, but that's life. I mean, by the time we get a Star Wars movie, we'll probably have waited five or six years. We all got through it. I think we can make it here on this game if we truly want to play it. Uh, the shit that is a bit bummy is, you know, people like David Cage being allowed to continue to do cool shit like this and make money. If you don't know who he is and what he's done, go look it up. I believe it's all been verified and reported. It's all legit. He's a, he's a shithead, right? He, he works his, his staff to death and I believe he's a homophobe. Right. And he's very racist as well. Okay. Yeah. So like he's, he's about as bad of a person as you can find. Right. <laughs> So that that's rough. But you got to think with an opportunity like this, how many other humans are now being given a chance to not only work for multiple years, but probably work on something they're supremely passionate about, which is a massive Star Wars game. So while the cage stuff is makes you feel a little slimy, sometimes good comes with the bad and this game will be employing a lot of people in fact they're, they're still looking for motherfuckers to work on it so nick yeah you apparently sign they're up? having a hard time hiring people right B- big surprise <laughs> um okay yeah um, um and last i would but, not want to work on this game no <laughs> okay um uh, but but like i said the, the lucasfilm games is involved yeah, I know David Cage is not a great person, but we, we have to wonder if, if Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm Games and Disney were willing to make this partnership. Are they all pieces of shit, too? Probably. But you have to <laughs> you have to hope that some discussions took place before this was gifted to them. Like, listen, this is how it's going to be. This is how things are going to be run. This is the story we're shooting for. Stick within the guardrails. If stuff gets squirrely, you're out of here. None of us know this, but I, I have to hope that Lucasfilm did its work before they signed this deal and this partnership. This isn't just Quantic getting the license and making a game. This is Lucasfilm games in conjunction with Quantic are working on this. So to me, that's the the, the glimmer of hope that this is going to end up being a pretty solid Star Wars experience. Shitty bosses aside. All right. So there you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just don't like their gameplay style and maybe this one will be different because according to this, it's going to be more of an action oriented game. So once I see some gameplay, I'll be able to make a better determination of my interest. Uh, I mean, the the big thing is, is like any game now that has even a decent budget behind it's going to put out an awesome trailer, like an awesome uh, cinematic trailer. And this was this was an awesome cinematic trailer. It had cool moments in it it had moments that harken back to the prequel trilogy to the original trilogy to a lot of things that we've seen in star wars before so it was very cool but yeah i mean my big thing is i don't really like their games and like i'm i'm to the point now to where like i don't i don't need to read or play everything star wars related like if it comes out and it's got bad reviews blasphemy I just won't play it <laughs> like i just won't play revoke and- his swts co-host <laughs> card immediately <laughs> 
<laughs> you got to play but all I mean, day. You're downloading Hunters day one, and you're playing that shit to your top of the leaderboards. You hear me? That's your assignment. I, no fucking around. It is my, How it dare is my you? duty to do How that. How dare <laughs> you say you're not just going to consume everything <laughs> Star Wars blindly? That doesn't fly. Yeah. But yeah. I I mean, that's that's the big thing to me is I, I really need to see, like for any game now, not even for this one, like I, I need to see the gameplay of it before I can even decide whether i have interest or not um i mean and that's for everything from star wars to brand new ips like there's a brand new ip coming out from from playstation called forspoken and that shit i had no idea what it was i had no i had seen no story beats i had seen nothing on it i saw the gameplay trailer and i was like i'm gonna play that because the gameplay looks fucking amazing right uh but for this, I have no idea what it is. Like, all I know is that it's it's going to be a High Republic Star Wars game. And you see, that that's where we, we differ completely. It, it's not so much about Quantic or whatnot. I, I just, I'm such a Star Wars nut that it's a new game. It's Star Wars. It's set in an era I'm not familiar with. So I'm like, sign me up. But I, I, I could be, I'm sign me up for Star Wars Hunters. It doesn't matter. That's just who I am. All things Star Wars all the time. There's always time for Star Wars time. That is the difference between Nick and I. I am a, a screw job. He is a normal person. That's why the dynamics work out a bit. All right. I, I, I'm definitely a fanboy, a super fan, a Kool-Aid drinker, as long as it's not words and shit. All right. Words and shit. I have figured out how to <laughs> skip and not get excited about, but a game like this, be it Quantic or not, even though I, I enjoy their games because I like to play brain dead games that don't require me to use any sort of gaming skill to complete. They just essentially read a story to me like I'm a little baby at nighttime. Uh, but this, it, it, it's Star Wars, so yeah, it, it's a no question. I'm, I'm engaged. If it makes it to the light of day, I'll check it out. But like I said, I'm, I'm a blind fool with this, and it, it's burned my ass sometimes. I mean there's so much shit I have in this house that's Star Wars related that I now look at like, what the f... Why did I do that? Why did I spend all the money on this stuff? I mean, even these fucking figures now, as, as sacrilegious as this may sound to some of you that listen to this show, I, I'm borderline embarrassed of my collection at this point with how large it is and how unattended it has become. Like, it just fucking sits there in boxes and tables... There's some dudes laying on a bag on the floor right now. It's like I, I, I spend $20, $25, $30 to just get shit to strewn across my room. I mean, it, it, it makes no sense. So sometimes my Star Wars blind loyalty kicks me, you know, bites me in the ass. But th I think that's yeah. the big difference is that I, and it's not just Star Wars. I mean, same thing. I think our difference on Halo, I'm a Halo fanboy. I've played every Halo experience that has ever been released. The, the Halo Wars, the mobile Halo. It's, they got me. I drank the Kool-Aid. They released something Halo, I'm going to consume it. They released something Star Wars, I'm going to consume it. And I, I think that's our, our big difference at this point in time on these newer projects. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I, I need to, I just need more information on it. That's, that's about as much as it gets, like, and, and look, it's like I have time to play stuff that's bad. Like that's just the reality of my current living situation right now. 
Like, you know, I, I have extra time to play shit that's bad, but I, I don't want to, like, sink time into a game that sucks or, like, sink time into a game that I'm not, like, immediately drawn right. to. So I I will trust the reviewers on it. Like, if the reviewers come out and say, like, hey, this is incredible, the gameplay is different than Heavy Rain or different than beyond then i'll be like okay let's well I'll, I'll give it a go if it's on i mean like if it's free on game pass day one in four years then uh <laughs> i'll probably play it then too if Sign game pass up, even it's free exists in four years yeah i so like i'll do that yeah this is a game i think at least from the critical standpoint has a tough slog regardless if it's good or not because of david cage yeah, I, I saw so much chatter on the game awards, like on socials, like, man, that looked fucking great, but I'm not even going to touch it because of David Cage. Uh, there's, there's a lot of those there's people out there that, people. and listen, I, I get those stances, but go back to what I just said. He, he's one person. You're, you're boycotting probably hundreds and hundreds of developers chances to show off like, Hey, look what we did. I get it. You got to speak with your dollars. So do what you got to do. But don't punish Star Wars fans that are game developers because of one fuck face is what I'm saying. Yeah. If it, I mean, if it, if it gets reviewed and it's a pile of shit, then yeah, fuck them. Speak with your wallet. But th this is one, you know, kind of social justice thing that I'm like, eh, I, I don't think that's the right approach to this. Like one man's bad. So fuck everyone else that worked on it. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a dicey yeah, situation. It. It's a dicey situation. I mean, it's it's weird in this in this instance because he owns the studio. So like, regardless of what you do, it, it, he owns it. So it's not like he can be fired. That, that's like, what I mean. And, and someone at Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm Games, is like, yeah, this makes sense as a partnership. And they they had oh, to yeah, know the baggage. Like, they had to know the baggage. Yeah, yeah. So, but Lucas is only worried about fucking money. Like they don't care about their personalities. I, I don't know, man. I think there's a lot of people out there that are like you, but even more hardcore in terms of oh, Quantic Dreams, David Cage. Not even going to consider it. Where you're at least like, eh, if it looks good, I'll try it out. There's a lot of people that's like it just has a stink attached to it for a, a swath of the gaming population. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Sometimes I mean, we'll see. It's a it's a wait and see for me. And then I, I don't know. I'll trust Adam Sessler on this one. When he puts out his review, if he's if he's still around in four years. I, I have I'll a feeling that the, the G4 resurgence is probably gonna last a few more months and then be gone. So we'll see. <laughs> no, that's definitely It'll last longer than a few months for sure. You just think? based off of their yeah. They have an insane number of subscribers on Twitch already. So, so they're just they're they're making their you think they're making enough to pay for all their setup and people's salaries or at least to just keep the lights uh, on. I mean, I'm not sure about like about how much they put into production. Um, but like when they first opened up their subscriptions, it was like the highest number of subscriptions in the first hour of a channel ever. Got you. All right. Well. So I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty good. Um, but well, best of I mean, luck. Not, to yeah, them. I don't know. Hopefully, they're still around in ten years when this game gets released. But um, yeah. I for I for one plan on checking it out just based on my love of Star Wars and uh, the the cinematic 
wrote me in. I mean, it, it was it was. I, I mean, if this was a movie, I would be excited for it. Whatever the fuck they're trying Cinematic to cinematic look cool. I mean, it, that, good. It, it, it seems like they. I mean, that's kind of their forte too. Like that's. I mean, if you haven't played any Quantic Dream games before. Um, that's kind of their forte yeah. is they make like interactive movies. They're, they're cutting, they've been on the cutting edge of, of visual game design for years now. I mean, I think heavy rain was on PS three and that shit was like light years ahead of other games at the time in terms of like their, their character models and, and just the experience of it. And yeah, it was kind of silly. Like it was all QTE and I, I don't think that's what this, I don't think that's what eclipse is going to be. Yeah, yeah maybe we'll see if we're all still alive in i don't know three to four years i'm pretty sure at least this country will be in complete chaos so maybe we'll all be living in bunkers and eating buckets of uh mres and whatnot and we won't have to worry about it because we sharpening won't have our blades electricity and, exactly yeah, we trying won't have to electricity get, to play video games. yeah trying to get ammunition <laughs> and, and cans of pudding to eat on the roof so i don't know <laughs> Yeah. There you go, Star Wars Eclipse. We told you it was coming. It it, it got uh, officialized last week on the Game Awards, and uh, the Star Wars Time Show is is split on at this point in time. The sucker, he's all in as always. The the more studious and uh, perceptive one is doing a a sit and wait approach. All right, let's get things moving here. I got two comic books to go through. These are going to be quick so we can kind of stay on a schedule. I know we're not quite where I think we are because of the countdown, but we are getting close. Uh, But before I get into that, you know what time it is, my friends. It's time for a word from our friends at Manscaped. So there are those virtual walnuts coming at your faces. There's the handy dandy reminder that you can get 20% off. Ooh, that's a bonus one, Manscaped. Plus free shipping with the promo code SWTS at Manscaped.com. So let me tell you a few things here. We all know it's holiday season, and that means there are stockings to be stuffed and elves to be cuffed. Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has gone global with the tools to guarantee you will score under the tree and the mistletoe. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. So remember, get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SWTS. Ho, 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 gents, naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. So like myself and Nick, it's time to get hooked up with Manscaped and their performance package 4.0, which you can see some of the contents right here on our set, in particular the Lawnmower 4.0. This is what we use to keep our Star Wars nuts trim and clean, as well as myself, do a little armpit action. I Actually, Nick, I think I need to... I think I need to trim the pits right after the show because I am extra moist down there today, which usually means I have not busted out my uh, lawnmower 4.0 to give those hairs a little bit of a trim. But you can get this along with the weed whacker and some of the kick-ass liquid formulations that Manscaped now sells, like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. All these come in the Performance Package 4.0, which also, if you order... Comes with the Shed Travel Bag and Nick's favorite, the Manscaped Boxers. Okay, but don't forget, Manscaped has a few other things that are surefire wins for stocking stuffers this year. You still have time. Don't take 
too long. Through Manscaped, you can get someone the signature cologne and throw it in their stocking. How about the Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit? I'll tell you what, I need it right now. My nails are long enough to win awards. I'm telling you, if I went to a, a nail salon right now, some of those Asian ladies would be like, ooh, look at your pretty nails, <laughs> sir. And yeah, it's gross. But uh, to me, trimming my nails is like drying yourself after, after a shower. It's something you know you have to do, but it is so annoying that sometimes you just put it off. And I definitely do that with my nails, but... Luckily, I do have Manscaped's luxury four-piece nail kit, so I'll be taking care of that right after the show. So another thing you can stuff in someone's stocking, how about some crop mops? These are little ball wipes that you can take out and, you know, give yourself a little little swipey poo and make those testicles smell better than ever. And then finally, something else for a stocking stuffer idea, the Crop Reviver. That is the ball toner and refresher spray that Nick should have brought with him to Galaxy's Edge to, you know, after a day walking down there, riding some rides, give himself a little spritz, and he would have been good to go for his lady as they said goodbye to the day. All right, so all these are small enough to fit in a stocking, but big enough to change a man's life. And don't forget, for those of you that care about the planet and animals, these formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So you know these are legit products. All right, make sure to hurry up, Get on over to manscaped.com, grab some of these gifts for the holiday season to give to those in need. And while you're there, don't forget, if you use SWTS, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping over at manscaped.com. So get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code SWTS. Be the ballsiest gift ever this year with Manscaped. All right. Thank you, Manscaped. Hopefully some of you have taken advantage of these offers and grabbed some stuff for those uh, stinky men in your life, those hairy men in your life. I picked up the, uh, their new cologne. Did you? Smells Just awesome. like all the other stuff? Does it, does it, it does. blend it well like with... A, it, that's what I was going to say. It has a perfect cohesiveness along with all their other <laughs> all right. products. So, that's beautiful. I, I, mean, I, I, I want to grab it now too. Yeah, like I'm still waiting for the day... If if the day ever comes that we that we get an official Manscaped deodorant because that will I, that will I, cover me from head to toe. I think they're working on it, and you will be right. I, Once we get that, we'll have the shampoo, the body wash, the ball lotion, the foot spray, the ball spray, the ball wipes, the cologne. I mean, I'll be yep. I'll be walking out of my shower smelling like a Manscaped. Okay, exactly. Love it. So that's what I'm waiting on. But yeah, check them out. Stuff. Check them out. Good. All right, my receiver showed up. Hopefully the wife grabbed it because that is expensive. Hey, get that receiver out there! All right, maybe she heard it, maybe <laughs> she didn't. Uh, okay, so uh, just be uh, bear with me here. We got new comics last week that actually deserved a little bit of attention, so much so that I failed myself and uh, got off of the bandwagon of not creating content that nobody watches. For some reason last week, I must have had a little too much free time on a Thursday because I did two, that's right, you heard me, two <laughs> video recaps of the most reason, recent Star Wars comics from Marvel, with the first one being one that I knew I was going to cover because it's continuing what we got in War of the Bounty Hunter, and that is Crimson Rain. So we got Crimson Rain number one, my friend, and really the big get from this first issue 
was that you finally get the full picture of what Kira has been trying to do. All we knew in War of the Bounty Hunter is that she stole Han and Carbonite and then held an auction to kind of announce to the galaxy that Crimson Dawn was coming back. And, and if you, you just took that at face value, you're probably going, well, you know, she just wants to get back in the limelight and become the best crime syndicate boss of all time. Uh, well, that's not what she wants to do at all. It is revealed <laughs> early on, like I said, this is being told through a flashback, uh, so we get an interesting moment early on where it, kind of a body off panel approaches this glowing orb. And it's not a holocron. It's not a Sith holocron, but it is something that has the archivist memories tied into it. It's almost like they, they could channel her out using the force. They do mention that a force user, light side force user, that is, kind of channels this ball for the archivist to come out and then the art it's right now on the live stream you can see it and then the archivist starts telling the story to this forced user so like i said at the beginning of this show i don't quite know the timeline of these parts of crimson rain they're definitely set in the future the archivist seems to be dead and has turned into some sort of corporeal thing that lives in this ball who the fuck knows the point is is that she is telling the story of Kira and Crimson Dawn to a Force user in the future, all right? So we learn right away. Kira's sitting there talking to all of them. She's like, you know, the Empire has done this to you. The Empire's taken your eyes, Ochi. The Empire's taken your name, Destic. Uh, the Knights of Ren, the Empire has done this to you. She's laying out all, she's airing her grievances against the Empire. And she's like, yeah. listen, none of us will truly ever be free while the Sith rule the galaxy. All right. She was listening to her former mentor word for word. Cause remember love him or hate him. He got a little crazy towards the end, but Maul clearly knew what Sidious was up to. And that if he got a hold of one Anakin Skywalker, the galaxy was fucked. So much so, he set up this elaborate scheme on Mandalore to bring Anakin and Obi-Wan there so he could kill Anakin Skywalker. Remember who Maul hangs out with a bit after Solo? Kira. So yep. she learns through him and, and obviously through her uh, abilities and just having all those Crimson Dawn connections that it's, it's none other than Sidious Palpatine and Darth Vader. It's only those two people that are fucking up the entire galaxy. So she lays it out there that, listen, our plan, we're, we're, not gonna, we're not here to fill the void of the Hutt cartel in the eyes of the Empire now that we screwed up that relationship. We don't want that. In fact, we're going to use that to get all the other crime syndicates fucking with each other. Our main goal is to take out the Sith. That's it. So I found that to be interesting. That is Kira, very interesting. through Crimson Dawn, essentially wants to pick up the mission of Darth Maul. She wants to take out Darth Vader and Darth Sidious. And she knows if they're gone, then everyone can get back to doing what they want to do, be it criminal shit or good people shit. Okay, so I, I found that to be a, a very curious direction. I guess I didn't, I, I, I just assume like, hey, she's, she wants to become the main player in, in, in the crime syndicate ring of this timeline. 
She wants to work with the Empire directly to kind of keep her assets in there. Nope. She knows, just like Luke ultimately will find out, that the true key to taking out the Empire and restoring some sort of freedom to all planets in the galaxy is killing the Sith. And, you know, she sends all her envoys out. This is where you get the, the Prince uh, Zizor call right here. It's actually going through the video on the live stream if you're watching. Uh, but she's like, listen, guys, hey, the huts are gone. Why don't you go out there and kind of make a name for yourself? Because the Empire is looking. They're, they're holding auditions, if you will, for the next crime syndicate to become their favorite. And that's just a big pile of shit lie. She's just doing that so the crime syndicates start beating each other up, weakening their positions, but also using Crimson Dawn's resources to kind of keep her in the know, keep her organization paid, keep them in some sort of, of power. So that was the main pull here, as well as, like I said, at the, at the end of the issue, there's some very deep foreshadowing that may fuck my Book of Boba Fett predictions, depending on one the, one the future scenes of the archivist telling the story of Crimson Dawn and Kira to this Force user take place. If it's anytime soon in the original trilogy timeline, my theory for Book of Boba Fett is a complete dud. Because... Mm-hmm. I mean, spoiler for Crimson Rain comic, but the archivist straight up says, even though it sounds like throughout this entire comic that Kira had everything planned for, everything accounted for, she had stuff in the future planned for, stuff in the past planned for, she had the greatest plan of all time, but Crimson Dawn still failed. And this is the story of the tragedy of Lady Kira, and that, that's how it ends. Um, Some other interesting things here, Nick, she talks about how Crimson Dawn was going to go and try to get in touch and in leagues with any surviving Jedi. Uh, They pull up Yoda's picture and they're like, listen, if, if the Jedi don't want to align with us, we'll use them as bait to pull out Sidious and Vader. So, you know, there, they were, Kira is definitely in that anti-hero fold with Boba Fett, Fennec Shan and the rest of those scoundrels. Uh, but like I said, the, the big things from here, again, Crimson Dawn and Kira's plan overall is to take out the Sith. And sadly, even with all of this uh, planning, she fails. And it sounds yeah, like mean, it, it's going to cost her her life. So hopefully she fails in the Book of Boba Fett timeline, because then my prediction might still be valid. <laughs> yeah. But if Crimson Dawn fails before the events of Return of the Jedi, I'm fucked on that one, big time. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, yeah, I mean, really, like it is still kind of ambiguous because, like you said, the, the, this little archivist that's talking to this future Jedi, like we, they don't establish timeline, right? Of like when the story, like no. when. It said, oh, you know what? It said, damn it. Let me, let me, I have the screen real handy, Nick, if you want to vamp for a second, but it actually does. Yeah. I believe so, it says after the fall, but I want to verify that that's exactly what it said. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, basically, that's what it comes down to. Like, are you going to, like, could she survive past the OT time? Like Matt just said, if she makes it to the timeline of the Mandalorian and then goes out, then you know, the prediction of her being a player is still wide open. But the big question around that is, um, will, 
if she does make it past the OT timeline, then like who offs her? Like who kills her? Because you would you would assume by the language being used by the archivist that she probably dies because of her mission to destroy the Sith, as was just laid out to you by Matt. And if that's the case, then probably pre end of OT. Um, Let me open this in browser so everyone can see it, but I do have it here because I think this is relevant to all this. All right, here we go. It should be up on the screen here in a second. Yes. So yeah, Nick, it says after the fall. So is that the fall of the empire? Is that the that's f- what I'm assuming, right? The fall or, of Crimson I mean, Dawn, the fall of-, the fall of the new Republic. I mean, yeah, because there's so many. I mean, it's clearly after the fall of the Jedi, you know, because we're in OT timeline. So that's one fall that's out the way. Fall of the Empire is next. Like you said, could it be after that, after the fall of the Empire? Because if that's the case, after the fall of the Empire, then she is still alive in Mando time or around it. Um, if it's well, the fall I, yeah, of the is, New is Republic, it, then she's fucking way, way less, yeah. way longer. Is it the fall of the Empire proper, the fall of the uh, Remnant Empire? Who knows? But I guess I, 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 uh, it sounds like there's two people here because here's the dialogue. So it says after the fall, they're looking at this ball here. I'll activate it for you. This doesn't look like the other ones. Well, it's definitely a holocron of some kind, but I've never seen another like it. It responds to, well, you'll see. It'll answer your questions, though. I know it did for me. And then the archivist kind of gets awakened and says, you have accessed this recording using the light side of the force. The dark side would have sufficed. The force is the force to my mind. So a very neutral, a very neutral. Force yeah, it's like, user is the like two, two people roll up and one is a light side force user that has seen holocrons before and knows how to open. And that could very well be Luke Skywalker. Um, I don't know who else it would be. Uh, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I- like who else are, I mean, like, but that's the thing is the, the timeline for these, I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, who else? It's someone that knows what holocrons look like and what they do. Cause they, they know enough. Like I've seen holocrons of before, but I've never seen one like this here. I know how to use it. Yeah. Um, Maybe so, it's uh, Ezra. Yeah. They, they, possibly. He knows what they are for sure. I mean, he used a Sith one himself. So Uh, I just thought it's interesting that they're delivering Crimson Rain through a flashback. It is being, the story is being retold to this force user and and his or her partner in the future. And, and, you know, they obviously went here looking for something. What is it? Is that going to tie into the the, the hidden empire run that we're going to get next after Crimson Rain? Who knows? But uh, either way. Kira's plan to take out Sidious Invader is ultimately going to bring about the downfall of Crimson Dawn and herself. So makes sense, right? That that makes go. total sense. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's always been an open question. I'm glad that we're finally going to find out Kira's fate. But hopefully, after we find out Kira's fate, we still can get more content on her. That's I, I don't I want would like still her downfall to be linked to. Like just a comic no book content or yeah yeah like a, I, yeah, I agree i i think she's a, a big enough character i mean if you if you get a movie to me you're you're more than just a comic book character uh so i, I exactly. would i would love live action kira again i mean come on amelia needs some work anyways these days let's go throw her a bone i'm sure that that got money starting to dry up the res, the residuals are probably reducing year after year so throw her a bone 
but yeah, I, I did. I, I'm hoping that it's not just fully resolved in comic. Hopefully we get a splash because they really did set up in War of the Bounty Hunters that Boba Fett has a hard on for Kira and not in a good way. I mean, he yeah. says on panel, you're going to fucking die for screwing with my bounty and kind of messing with the code of bounty hunters and this, that, and the other thing. So uh, that's kind of why I, I had the the yeah, crossover into Book of Boba <laughs> that, you know, Crimson Dawn would be a nice little force to be fucking with them because really what they're setting up here is in Crimson Reign, they're fucking with everybody. I mean, they're fucking with yeah. the Empire. Uh, they're fucking with every other criminal syndicate just to cause chaos and to kind of keep them useful. Okay, the next one will be super quick. I went too far on that one, but really, outside of me blowing my Star Wars canon and, and forgetting that in Jedi Fallen Order, we saw that Ilum was already being turned into Starkiller base by the Empire, which is still, you know... Uh, enlightening you know it wasn't just the first order that did this they may have overseen the 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 finishing touches but it was the empire that started uh caving out carving out an entire force planet light side force planet to turn it into a planet-sized weapon but the interesting thing here for our buddy luke so he's going around he realizes after his encounter with vader during the war of the bounty hunters that he's still a pussy and he needs help so he uh, taps into his little buddy R2, because remember R2 in A New Hope downloaded all the Empire secrets when he plugged in, which included all the stuff Palpatine has been tabulating on uh, Jedi locations, relics, uh, you know, historical spots, religious spots. So Luke starts going out to all these plants to see if he can just find something that's going to help him become more of a Jedi, to, to train him. And to make a long story short, he shows up on one planet, tries to do a little uh, Jedi mind trick, fails, meditates a bit, succeeds. He gets a stormtrooper to give him a holocron from this vault that the Empire has compiled. And when Luke opens it, guess who comes out? None other than his boy Yoda. So, oh, yeah. We, are now, we have now learned that Luke not only trained with Yoda in the flesh... But he probably, not even probably, he got the bulk of his training through a recorded holocron that Grandmaster Yoda set up way back during the Galactic Republic. Yeah. All right. So, because I know there's a lot of people with the sequel trilogies that this is shit that I just, I don't even know how it comes to people's minds. How did you get so strong so thank fast? You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It's like, when, when you look at, when, 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 if you look at Luke's journey, the only training he got was like five minutes on the Falcon with a bl- with his blinders on, holding a lightsaber. Yep. And then f- a day or two, Yoda. you know, a couple days with Yoda. And everyone's like, yeah, well, you know, Luke was... Well, what do you mean? Well, now it's being revealed like, okay, now I can buy in a bit. Like, oh, yeah, if, if, if Luke spent a month training with a, a, a recording of Yoda on a holocron, okay. I, I can see that being additional training, but if we're just going what was shown in the movies, Luke was was not trained any more than Ray was. Like, come on, yeah, like just like, be not real. Even... Just just come like, out and it, say you don't think women can be powerful at that point. Like it, there there's no difference. She she spends yeah. just as much time on Acto as Luke does on on fucking Dagobah. Yeah. Dare I, chal- I, mean, I challenge you. 
Come at me. I mean, in this this <laughs> shit, it happens. And like people for some reason think that like stuff like that only happens in Star Wars, where like, oh, somebody finds out that they're powerful. It only happens in Star Wars. Like we lit like if you have been watching Wheel of Time, yes, I was then just that gonna just say happened. Yeah. With Nanave. Like zero she, she, training and they're <laughs> manifesting force powers. So Yeah. It's so, okay. I mean remember. That's, you don't need to be a Skywalker. You don't need to be a Palpatine. There were many Jedi and Sith before them that were powerful in the Force. Uh, Mace Windu, uh, Qui Gon Jinn, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, come on. <laughs> so yeah, but it was a ton. It, it is interesting to learn that, like, all right, I, I could see this. I could see how Luke had the growth he had in between Empire and Return of the Jedi, and how he was much more serious about training and the Jedi Order. Well, now it makes sense. He got a yes. fucking holocron that Grandmaster Yoda created back in the day to train Jedi. So yeah, he he got just like Ray when she got a hold of the books. He went to study. Okay, he just studied. Yeah. He didn't train directly with all these masters that we we think he did because he spent a few days with them. So it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I, I want to let you all know that I just got yelled at by Taylor. She sent me a, a Slack message saying. Wow, I hear you're literally giving Wheel of Time spoilers right now. How rude of you. <laughs> I should have caught, I should have said spoilers. Well, it's two episodes you back, so you're, 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 yeah, it's, I it's mean, happened. bro, Disney fucking plus spoiled Hawkeye last week, 15 hours after the episode debuted. So all, all that, all that, and they're the ones like asking now on Spider-Man, like no spoilers, no spoilers. Like, yeah, we get it. Why don't you fucking stop? I mean, on their official social accounts, they blasted out the character cameo that took place in episode four of Hawkeye. See, even I can do it without just blah, and it's a week yeah. old, and I, I'm still not going to say who it was. I mean, it doesn't take a we rocket science to figure it out. We started but it yet. We I, I'm finding Hawkeye yet. to be fucking fantastic. It, it, I've heard that it's very good. It may be my, my, one of, my, one of the, the, the top MCU shows. I, I still, Loki was a little quirky, but where it ended up, I fucking loved it um winter soldier that was a good one too i thought it was a little slow boil wandavision yeah. was just unique as fuck so that's why i appreciate it i, I really enjoyed what if too but I, I don't know hawkeye just has a it kind of checks a lot of boxes i mean it's funny yeah. even the kid likes it and she hasn't really gotten into any other ones but that hey it's crazy what happens when the the female gender is given like lead roles in this action type of stuff what little girls can can become fans of right it's not yeah it's not crazy to think that my little kid likes this one over the other ones because all the other ones were mostly you know uh, boys doing their thing so she she's a big fan of kate bishop there's no doubt about it awesome all right so uh going a little long here let's get into the fan segment my friends remember you there's always two avenues to success to uh, take part in the fan segment the first is through the question of the week, which drops every Tuesday on our Instagram account at Star Wars Time Show. I actually remembered to post the question this week and we got a, a, some great feedback. So keep an eye out for that. Leave a comment. You never know. We might read it on the show. The second way to get involved that will be coming up next, and that is the top five Star Wars featured artists of the week that again Instagram at Star Wars Time Show, tag at Star Wars Time Show, and use hashtag Star Wars Time Show in all of your creative Star Wars posts. It may be featured on the account. If it is, it goes in the running for top five, which Nick chooses every Monday to be discussed on the show on Tuesdays. 
All right, Nick, so question of the week. I kind of borked it here. We're going to have six responses because I thought I was pasting in the question when I was actually pasting in the question with Ripic Tan's reply. So I'll, I'll start it. You can finish it. Question of the week was, which fan favorite Star Wars character do you want to show up in the Book of Boba Fett? Obviously playing off of this week's topic with Grogu coming back. So yes. Ripick said, I'm like the I'm like the OT era best. I'm like it too, buddy. But I want to <laughs> see Cad Bane as long as the story calls for it. And there, there are definitely a lot of Cad Banes. And yeah. uh, you never know. The story definitely could call for it, considering it could. the bad blood between these two characters. All right. Up Very next, true. dude. We got next. A lot of new, a lot of this, new commenters this week. So for some yeah, reason, this question good. hit. Got got some people's creative juices flowing. It says uh, dystopian underscore playgrounds. It says seeing has how they've put Trandoshans and a few things now. I'd be curious to see if Bosk shows up. Dengar makes sense because he was the one that in Legends rescued Fett. IG eighty eight was destroyed in Shadows of the Empire, but since that had been sadly abandoned, I think all bets are off. Either way, would be cool to see some of the bounty hunters, some of the other bounty hunters. So, yeah, I mean, Bosk, Dengar, IG-88, you know, those are all, I think those are all open. I think, I, but didn't you say IG-88 got sure scrapped in the IG comics? IG-88's like a, no, he, he ultimately ends up getting fixed. Uh, but I he, thought he, we saw IG-88's head at one point in the background of the Mandalorian, but that could have been another IG droid. Yeah, no, I mean, I they, they, they use those at like the cantinas. I mean, most of their bar systems are the IG-88 yeah. head. But I, I believe if, if I, I'd have to go back and, and verify, but I'm pretty sure, I know IG-88 IG does get put back together and he's used again, but I believe he ends up realizing, it's almost like he's like, you know what, fuck this. I'm, I'm never going to beat Darth Vader. I'm out of here. <laughs> I've, fucking, I've got my freedom back. I've been rebuilt, so I'm chilling. So he might be on the table. I mean, really, any of the named bounty hunters would make great cameos based on more than likely where their relationship was left off with Boba Fett, which at this point in time, at least canon-wise, is the War of the Bounty Hunters. And yeah. he fucked them all up. I mean, there, there wasn't a single named bounty hunter that he did not screw over in that run. I mean, Bosk, his former almost life dad, he chopped his fucking legs off. <laughs> he blew his yeah. legs off. Dangar, he left on a on a uh, ice raft floating away on a planet. Forlom, he blew up. And threw his he head, threw his head off a bridge on Tatooine. Zuckus, he almost killed, but Z Zuckus came back, and he's working for other people now. Valance, he did blow up, like blew his chest open, but now Valance is kind of being taken in and going to be used as a Vader pawn. Uh, so yeah, I, I, any of the bounty hunters would make a, a very interesting cameo because I would think there's going to be some bad blood left over from you know seven or eight years prior. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if they do take that route, though, with this show now, given what Ming has said, right. what Ming Nguyen has said, with because this being more of like a family syndicate kind of, you know, like mobster kind of focus show. Yeah, maybe he I'm sure they brings them in to, a little to, bit. to partner up. Like, hey, guys, remember, yeah. we we used to all kind of fuck with each other, but I'm, I'm making a big power grab. Don't be shitheads and we can all share this. 
Um, yeah. yeah. Who knows? I, I, I just, I would be amazed if, hell, I'll say if, if two of the, the famous bounty hunters aren't, aren't featured in Book of Boba. I feel like, I feel like Cad, if you're going to bring any, like Cad has to be, and then pro, like Bosk would probably be the other one if, if they were going to go the two route. If Dengar does show up, I hope they show him in like this weird phase where he's Transition like starting stage. to like mechanize, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, mechanize you're right. his body. You're right. So it that it would probably be. would be right around that time when he either started or had already begun to change himself into that goofy looking thing Robot, that's seen in The Rise of Skywalker. What was it? It was, uh, dang, it was like something dang. Like his name wasn't Dengar anymore. It it was creepy as fuck. Like it it is one of the, it's probably the creepiest Star Wars Easter egg that's ever been produced for sure. True. You wouldn't even know who the fuck it was if you didn't get that visual guide and and read it. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is Dengar. Yep. All right. Collectibles of the mind's eye says for me, I, I would to see. Bosk and Dengar show up in the boo of Fett. <laughs> this is a good one. However, I would like to see Dr. Evazan and Panda Baba show up too as bounty. So he wants to see Dr. Evazan and then Panda Baba, which were the two guys from the cantina in the beginning of A New Hope. Um, that, I like that. That's a deep up. cut. I like that's a deep cut. Yeah. I mean, I guess Panda is missing an arm at this point. I was going to say, I think, I think Panda Baba, <laughs> I think he survived because I'm pretty sure we saw him in the, saw those two characters in the background of a recent series. No, it, or it, a recent it was something. actually, they were in Rogue One, which would have predated them fighting Kenobi in, in A New Hope. That, but it, yes, um, yes, that's true. Either way, I, I, um, I'm a big fan of the boo of Fett myself. The so. boo of Fett, yeah. yeah. And then Dr. Evazan, he's wanted on 23. He has the, uh, the death sentence on 20 system. It's like, yeah, good, good for you, pal. Get, get, get the fuck yeah. out of my space. That's what Luke should have said. Yeah, it's like, just leave me the fuck alone. I'm trying to get a drink here. All right, Will Aquavera Designs says Dash Rendar. We talked about Dash a little bit earlier in the show, so yeah, that would be a cool, a cool little cameo. He's, he's Shadow of the Empire, right? Like that's his main yes. deal. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. I know nothing. Uh, <laughs> Toy at Heart says Grabala. I love this. The Hut. Let's make it canon. What What was Grabala from? Again? Okay, I, I I had a feeling you probably didn't get the reference here, but Grabala is huge, huge in all the Lego Star Wars uh, okay. series that have come out. Uh, I and, in no, fact, like he's I heard in, the name. And he's in the uh, Lego Terrifying Tales. Like Grabala is, he's kind of comedic relief, but he he's always trying to to start a new business that usually the good guys and the bad guys fuck up at the same time. He, he's quite a fun little character. Uh, he's gone through a lot of shit, but he has been mixed up in a ton of Lego Star Wars stories. And I'm with Toy Dot at Dot Heart here. Let's do it. Let's let's get this guy canon. He is one of the best huts that has ever been on screen. He's just, he's like a calamity of airs. Like he, he almost fucks up so much that you, you enjoy him, <laughs> even though he's typically working for the forces of evil. Yeah. So, uh, that was a good call. Uh, passage to Alderaan says, I want to see a flashback of how Dengar rescues Boba from the Sarlacc pit. I guarantee you that's not going to happen. So yeah, I don't can, think so. For all, all of you, for all of you that are waiting for Dengar to be the one to pull him out of this pit, take that out of your mind right now. It is not going to happen. I mean, think about this. What do you think happens? 
Gengar pulls him out of the fucking pit and just leaves him there. And he just somehow finds his way in with with Tusken Raiders. Like, no. They, well, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think. That. I mean, just based on the, the Tashi station shot where he's literally walking in in his jumpsuit still with a gaffy stick. I'm now starting to think that he gets out and then just fucking kills some sand people and takes their shit. Like, I, I, I thought that maybe he would, you know, kind of be like dances with wolves like Kevin Costner and, and you know, almost assimilate into their culture after he was captured and, and healed or whatnot. But I don't know. I mean, right? It, it's, it, it seems like if he's walking around in a burnt flight suit, that that's taking place relatively close to when he gets out of the pit and he already has a gaffy stick so it's either they yeah. get him out and he's like hey pal thank you can i have that i need to go kick some ass or he's just like get the fuck off me and just kills him right there yeah. like i got this or, I man mean, like, yeah i mean you could probably find gaffy sticks just like around the desert because i gotta imagine that they're not like if somebody dies they're not like picking up all their shit he dug up he dug up back. a grave and took all the artifacts so he, he's even <laughs> yeah. worse like he's a he, he's a grave, he's a grave robber. robber too <laughs> <laughs> so all right um but yeah I, I mean i'm just gonna assume that this dengar rescuing him it's not gonna happen like there's no way that that's gonna be in this it would just make no sense that and, like, he literally like pulls him out of the thing and then you never fucking see Dengar well, again. Also, like I said, if, if we're going to continue off of where all these relationships were left at War of the Bounty Hunters, Dengar would not save Boba Fett. He, he would have zeros unless someone he was would paying fucking him. drop a nuke inside of the Sarlacc yes. pit's mouth exactly. just to explode, exactly. like to blow him up. <laughs> so. Exactly. So I don't think that that's going to happen. All right, buddy. But, uh, that's the end of the the questions of the week, which will bring us into the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. And like Matt said, this is the other way you can get involved in the fan segment. In order to do that, tag us at Star Wars Time Show on all of your Star Wars art pieces on the Instagram and use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show on those pieces as well. Bingo. That makes sure that we see them in every method that we can. So this week's top five Kicks off with one of the greatest, the greatest, the greatest. Everybody loves him. Everybody knows him. This is our good buddy at Sir Dork 730. He's in the chat or he was in the chat. And this shot here, I love, I don't want to say that only Jared does this, but I think that Jared is probably the best at capturing like Boca like this, like very, very, yeah. Rich and I mean, colorful he, he's the fucking explosion from, master. I mean, this is the guy, yeah. when we first found him, he was using literal literal blow torches <laughs> for toy photography. It's true. Like, it's not, true. not one of those and, torches you can, you can get at a store. I'm talking, like, the, the can that you twist the knob and you got to get a, 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 a starter there to get it going. Like, <laughs> like, welding shit with it. Yeah. So, I mean, this shot here is just... Goes back to, like you said, when we first found Jared, it's General Grievous. It looks like he's, I mean, standing on the edge of a volcano could be an alternate reality where Grievous finds his way to Mustafar, takes out fucking Anakin and Kenobi at the same time. Boom. Cuts them both down. But the shot's just awesome. I mean, he's pretty, like he's right on the precipice of this giant exploding volcano type thing. The bokeh that Jared captures in frame is absolutely incredible. It looks like, yeah. I mean, it almost looks like like fireworks. Like like he's 
or something. I mean, it is a firework. Well, I, I believe, uh, and Jared can tell us in the live stream here. I, I still contend. Uh, oh my God! Sorry, people. I still contend he his crackling balls are better than the balls I have. All right, Jared has better balls than my balls. Well, but now he, it admitted live on stream. <laughs> mine might smell better because of Manscaped, but he's got better balls overall. But in all seriousness, I, I believe Jared does multiple explosions and then layers them all in to kind of create this. But you are right. I mean, he, in terms of explosion bokeh, he is the king. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. Best of the best. So, and you get to see that on display here. Awesome pose with Grievous as well. Um, whenever you got that guy with his sabers excited, uh, oh, his good. sabers ignited. He's a good looking four. figure. He looks awesome. This is actually so. give him another plug. This shot he used to promote. He just created a new lighting tutorial over on his YouTube channel. So if you want to go to a YouTube channel that people actually subscribe to and watch the content, go to Sir Dork's channel, not the Star Wars Time Show channel. Okay, <laughs> there you go. There you go. So at Sir Dork 730, friend of the show. We love him. He made the top five this week. Next up, at Uncanny Figures. Uh, he Uncanny's been in the top five before multiple times. And it's just because of shots like this where right. the realism just it <laughs> feels like this is a shot from from the show. This feels like this is a shot from a movie. And what we see is I mean, I guess this is this Django because he still no, has these the are blue the, armor. Nick, these are the Death Watch Mandalorians that were featured in the Mandalorian season one. Okay, this is Blue Buffet. I remember these figures when they came out. Yes, um, but I mean, it's just the level of realism that Uncanny Figures is able to capture in his images is is pretty striking. I mean, it this is. looks like you're looking at a like I said, a scene from the show. Right when one of the the uh, the Death Watch Mandos comes down, starts exchanging fire. Great posing on the figure. Great background work, adding in the atmosphere in, in, into there as well. Kind of gives you that depth of field in the shot. Um, just all, overall, fantastic work um, capturing. Yeah, no, I mean what he did in frame here. At Uncanny, I, I believe they. I don't know if they're official bloggers for Hot Toys or Sideshow, but. Uh, yeah, there, there's not a single shot put out over on at Uncanny Figures where you're just like, damn, like this person knows how to pose, take a picture, but also they're they're composite masters. Yeah, right. Because I mean, all, all I believe most of most, if not all, of Uncanny's work is is composited. It, it's shot on a blank, and then the background and the atmosphere and everything's mixed in. Um, the lighting's practical, like the light you see on the figure, that's all in real life. Uh, but everything else is digital and that is a skill that I, I just, to this day, blows me away. And I know that, oh yeah, you could learn it too. It's like, great. I don't want to. I'm still, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm in my forties. I don't, I'm, I'm losing gray matter at this point. I can't add any more information in. Fuck it. I'll just be basic. It's not like, not like I do this hobby much anymore anyway. So yeah, at Uncanny Figures, if you're into uh, one six scale photography and figures, definitely a page to check out because you're going to get pro level work. Like no no bullshit, it's pro level work. This is what the what the hot toys and sideshow pay people to do to promote their figures. In fact, I think I believe Uncanny has said in the past, like 
you know what, guys, because my work's so sharp and on point and professional looking, a lot of times it doesn't do well because people think I'm just, you know, yeah, repasting you movie or, stills or, or screenshots yeah. from um, product uh, promotions. Yeah. We, we love them. So, we love the work at Uncanny Figures. Check them out. Beautiful stuff. Next up, we have a shot from at BudFu2. I know, Matt, this is one of your your inspirations when you were getting into the hobby at the time. And he's one of the, the, the bigger accounts out there and, and does some fantastic diorama work, so. King, like makes some of the most yes. authentic looking star Wars dioramas on the planet. No doubt. So what we have here is actually probably a, a showcase of one of the dioramas he's built. It looks like we're just following R2D2 during a stroll through the, the night streets of Tatooine. You see two stormtroopers out there hanging out. Uh, by the entrance to to looks like either somebody's like a apartment or a, a business of some sort. And then you also got right next to him, two little Jawas just hanging out there too. Just hanging out in the city of, uh, I mean, they could be at the most high spaceport because it does look like it's, you know, in a city proper. It's not around where the uh, Lars homestead was. But yeah, you have R2-D2 kind of just doing a, a, a pass through the night streets of, of Tatooine. So um, I love the atmosphere. Obviously, the diorama and the setup is on point. And then the just the conversational poses of, of both the Stormtroopers and the Jawas makes it feel like a very natural environment. Pretty cool. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, we don't get a lot of nighttime shots in general, uh, especially yeah. of like a Tatooine shoot. And that's that's really what made this shot from Jay stand out. It just... I like that that nighttime lighting and just a very casual city scene feel. Like it's just a chill shot. Uh, so make sure to check him out at Bud Futu. Uh, you should also have links on that account to check out his uh, diorama account because I believe he's back open for business and commissions. Yes, good good stuff at Bud Futu on the IG. Next up is at Toy Realms and like we haven't seen a a, a shot from. Our buddy Jesse, aka Everything Kylo, and Moons, months and, and ages. But this shot really reminded me of some of Jesse's work because he was always the the king of the action shot, the war shot, the explosions, and everything like that. And at Toy Realms really captured that vibe here. Uh, a very oh, yeah. wartime-esque, like right in the middle of an explosion. You can see one stormtrooper kind of is already blown off his feet in the background. The next guy's got the, you know, the the pose like the explosion has, has hit him too and the two mud troopers in the background as well. Um, posing, atmosphere, setup, all super on point here. And it, it really does kind of remind you of that scene when you were back on uh, Mimban with, with young Han during his Imperial days. Uh, well, yeah, it was it was the time. transition shot where he's like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to be a, 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 a fighter pilot. And then you a see him pilot. literally exploding through the air and landing down. So uh, I think that was a perfect description here. It really is. This is all about posing and the and the particle effects. It, it just it, like you can feel the the stormtrooper in the foreground there, like the, the shock wave is just hitting him and bending his body backwards and ripping the helmet off. Just fantastic work here from at Toy Realms. Exactly. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. All right. And the last one for the top five this week is from Betty Ioni. And sometimes, sometimes it's just the simple stuff that gets it done. 
And what we have here is a fantastic shot of a Gamorrean guard holding a stormtrooper helmet and his axe. And that's that's it. I mean, this shot one is it it makes a Gamorrean guard look intimidating yeah. and powerful. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, and just this simple background, like this simple atmospheric background with like a little bit of a color gradient really does a lot to make this figure pop. And I don't know if it's because it matches like some of the color tones on the armor and stuff like that or what, but Betty Ioni underscore SW was really able to take a Gamorrean guard, which has only ever looked like a buffoon when you see them in Star Wars, look intimidating in this shot. Yeah, I, I Nick, Betty Oni, I think it's a shared account. I think two people work it. Uh, they've used this style for a couple months now. And like you, I'm I I love it. I love the simplicity, but also what it adds to the figure. And it, it's honestly something I may steal just to get back in the saddle and hopefully get through a bit of this backlog. Because I, I think I'm at a point in my toy photography where if I don't get back to it soon and clear a bit it's of a backlog, it, it's probably done. Like it's just yeah. it's just done. Uh, I mean, you th- can. What's cool is like you can go down like Betty their their page and you can see like when they started to transition to this style and actually like how it has benefited their account yeah. in general like no I mean know, she was or they were getting 700 and now they're averaging like near a thousand per shot and they have this, this one let's shot be real. Of, this is me this is what I do I I, I portrait like fuck yeah. posing just get them up and try to light it appropriately and that's exactly what Betty Ioni underscore sw does here and like i said if you see it showing up on my on at haywood pop yes i stole it i give all credit to at betty Oni underscore sw yeah so yeah just an awesome shot there uh and that's the end of the top five thank you for everybody who submitted their shots tagged us using at star wars time show and hashtag uh, star wars time show on instagram continue to do that um and that's the end of Woo. the show so all right bring us on home another little getting a little long in the tooth again my friend we'll clean that up eventually though here i know some of the time we dedicated to looking at our awesome countdown timer for the live stream <laughs> if you weren't there ask bat 2797 he saw it and he was blown away but as we always do about this time of the show we're shimmying and we're shaking our asses on over to starwarstime.net and why are we going over there well my friends this is where you can find all the content that we talk about each week on the Star Wars Time show. So if you want to stay in tune with the Star Wars Time show in between live streams or podcast episodes starwarstime.net is your best bet to do so. Plus over there you can find handy dandy links to all the podcast platforms we're on as well as a very simple to use subscribe button for our YouTube channel. If you don't want to go to StarWarsTime.net for YouTube, that's okay. You can still get there by going to YouTube.com slash Show. Or these days, I think we have enough shit out there in the internet that if you just type Star Wars Time Show, something may pop up in your search engine of choice. And if you want to improve searching for Star Wars stuff and Star Wars Time Show, make sure on any of these platforms, if you're not subscribed, do that first and foremost. But after that, ratings, reviews, comments, 
likes, dislikes, fuck it, we'll take anything at this point, any sort of feedback, tells the AI overlords that we are worth the time of other meat bags, okay? Let's not let the machines completely bury the SWTS into irrelevancy. StarWarsTime.net, hit it up. There's always time for Star Wars time. That's why we're going over there, my friends. Get more people involved. We love the core audience. We love the super fans. But as we said last week, let's bring in some more friends. Let's have a good time here. Let's get that YouTube channel to where it should be. I loved all the reactions from the fans. We're like, holy shit, you guys only have that many subs on YouTube? We figured you were way into the thousands. And you know what? I'm flattered by that. But hey, welcome to my life. Now you know why I'm always bitching about it. I believe in the product, believe in myself, believe in Nick, believe in the SWTS, because if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always. (laughs) 